Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, November 6th. We are here live. Don't start calling. I've got the phone lines closed. Today is special. I've been on the air doing this for 16 years on my own show, 20 plus years on many other shows. And I'd have to say today, in my heart and mind, is the biggest show open I've done, or at least the most important to me. And and I'll tell you why, and then uh, I'm going to get into it. One of the things I'm going to do in my open today is I'm going to deliver the same keynote speech that I just delivered to NASTIC. Sort of the same. It's already got some changes, and I'll tell you why I'm doing it. Now, I think you're going to learn why throughout the presentation. So I'll also tell you that at the moment, I am running on pure ketones, caffeine, and adrenaline. Um, My body battery hasn't gotten higher than a 10 in over a week, and I did not get um, much more than about two hours sleep last night. I spent a lot of time yesterday reflecting on the conference and all the things that happened, and I'm going to tell you about those things after I deliver the keynote. And then after I tell you about all the things that occurred at the event, I'm going to make um, probably the biggest announcement of, um, of my career as well. So sit back, relax. Don't try to dial the phones. Phone lines aren't open. If, if I get through all of this and I still have some energy left, and I hope that I do, I will open phone lines and I would love to get feedback. So Maybe just jot down some notes or some question or questions or some thoughts while I'm going through this today. And then I will, like I say, I'll try to leave time at the end for comments and feedback. So I talked last week about the resistance and how it was getting stronger. And I, I talked about the last day of travel here, how hard it was. It put me behind on a lot of things. And it was a, I, I was trying to catch up. And it's, uh, it, it's been a little taxing. So like I said, I'm, uh, I'm a little tired. I was really tired last week, but I, I really wanted to deliver the best keynote of my career. I had worked on it quite a bit. Of course, I changed it at the last minute in the last 24 hours. And in the last hour, I changed it again. I'll tell you a little bit about that. But I woke up the morning of the keynote and the resistance showed up again. I felt horrible, and it was more than just the fact that I hadn't been sleeping and I was stressed, and uh, I had a really sore throat, almost couldn't swallow. Fortunately, it wasn't really affecting my voice all that much. All the glands in my neck were swollen and tender, and it continued to get worse throughout the day. I got up really early because I had planned on spending the entire day really practicing and tweaking the keynote. And after um, one attempt, I practiced my keynote one time. I had, I had tried to leave enough time to do it 10 times. Well, not quite 10, maybe five. I did it once and I was exhausted and I was feeling worse as I was doing it. So I called an audible and actually went back to bed. And I spent most of the afternoon in bed trying to recover. And it helped a little. I woke up and um, I did feel better. 
but uh, I was still hurting. My throat was hurting pretty bad. Once I got up on stage, um, that all goes away. So I've talked about the resistance, and the harder the resistance fights back, the more you know that you are on the right track. And the more the resistance fights back, the more you have to dig deep and really do the hard work. So I want to talk about one. I, I'm going to be telling a lot of stories about what happened at this event and, and what happened since I've been on this trip. Uh, there's still a lot more coming up. So <clears throat> one of the things I was really looking forward to is meeting Don Mann, who was the other keynote speaker at the NASTA conference. I did the opening keynote and Don did the closing keynote. You know, I, I was really... Um, I put a lot of time and thought and reflection into this event and this keynote because it really feels like, to me, this is some sort of a pinnacle. It's like, I believe it's the most important partnership and the most potential for growing the tribe and really changing the trucking industry. So I, I was feeling a lot of pressure about what message I should deliver and what direction I should be taking now that an awful lot of opportunities have presented themselves. And I was reflecting on it, and I was looking to God for a sign. And boy, did he give me some signs. It was like being whacked over the side of the head, so I'll, I'll share some of those with you. But one of, uh, actually two, the two most powerful signs for me and it, it, it's really these two. A lot of the other stories I'll tell you about what's happened are, are great stories. Uh, they show me a lot of potential, but the two that really mattered are the two I want to tell you right now. I was looking forward to meeting Don Mann. Don is an ex-Navy SEAL. And Don didn't show up at the conference till um, the evening of his keynote at the end. And when I saw Don at the speaker's table and I was heading to the speaker's table... Don saw me coming through the crowd and he stood up and when I went to shake Don's hand I felt something in his hand and he turned my hand over palm up and when he took his hand away there was a coin in my hand they're called challenge coins I did not know this military tradition I do now uh, being coined by somebody in the military is pretty special but if I was looking for a sign being coined by an ex-Navy SEAL who has led a SEAL team, was a member of SEAL Team 6, and is a world-class athlete, competing and winning for years and years and years now some of the absolute toughest challenges on the planet. This stuff makes the Iron Man look like a warm-up. Um, Don does these incredible adventure challenges or, or just, I mean, hundreds of hundreds of miles across all kinds of crazy terrain. Don attempted to climb Mount Everest and almost lost his life doing it. To be coined by somebody like that, I, sorry, it had a huge impact. And then Don's message, I think, was my sign. And I felt like when Don was on the stage, he was talking to me. Maybe he was. Don's message was, you've got to set bigger goals 
And you've got to learn to embrace the pain because anytime you set a big goal, it's going to take a lot of pain to get there. And you've got to learn to embrace that pain. And I felt like that was the point of all of this, that if there was one message I was supposed to get out of this, this event and this opportunity, that was it, that it's time for me to step up and set bigger goals and then go after them and just learn to embrace the pain. And I'll talk about that more at the end. The next story that happened happened when I was getting up to do my keynote. I was nervous, really nervous, more nervous, I think, than even the first time I got up to speak. And that was, that was bad. And I, I couldn't get rid of the anxiety. And one of the things I always do before any of my presentations is I, I, I find someplace quiet and alone and, and I pace and I give my, I really go over my first couple of minutes, my open, where I really want to make an impact and, and get things kicked off right. And there was no place really private for me to do it. So I was just kind of pacing back and forth in front of the doors to the ballroom. And as I was getting closer and closer to the time to go on, and the anxiety was still there. I felt like my open was completely wrong. And I had really, really put a lot of time and effort into my open. I always want to make a big, opening, impactful statement. And I thought I had one. And, and I did. But it, I, I, I think I knew it was the wrong impact. And that's what was really making me nervous. It was a little late to try to change. So I was hoping I could make this work right and as I was thinking that and thinking, I really don't have much time, Bill Barlight from Butterfly Transport walked out of the room at that moment, followed by several of his least on owner operators. And Bill um, had just won an amazing award. Bill had won the Small Carrier of the Year Award. And he was there with some of his least on owner operators. And um, as soon as I saw Bill walk out, I wanted to go congratulate him because it's quite an honor. And I went over and I shook his hand and I said, congratulations. And he looked at me and he said, you probably don't remember me. And I didn't. I mean, nothing was coming to mind. And he said, I called your show a long time ago. He said, at the time I had one truck. I paid $4,000 for it and I was struggling. And he said, I really he said, I called you and then I bugged you a lot, which calls never bugged me. It's what I get up for. But that's what he said. I called you and I bugged you a lot. And then he said something that changed everything. He said, you taught me how to do this. Even better, Bill now runs an, an incredibly successful small fleet and he's paying it forward. He's teaching other owner operators how to do it right. I knew right then that that had to be my open that I had to change my open even at the last minute and I had to take that risk and I did. Those two things have been more impactful on, on what I plan on doing than anything else I can think of in the 40 years I've been doing this. So I kind of doubt that either one of them are listening. Maybe they are, but if they are, I can't thank you guys enough. Bill, you're my hero. Um, Don, clearly, uh, you're my hero. 
One of the reasons I want to do the keynote today for you, and I'll talk about this more at the end. I think by the time I get to the end, you'll understand why I want to do this. But um, I'm going to stop saying that I'm not a keynote speaker, and I'm just going to become a keynote speaker. In fact, Lisa and I still need to set, spend some time on this and reflect on this um, because this is going to be a big commitment, and I need, I need to know that Lisa and I can make this work. And by the way, Lisa's hearing this for the first time. This all, this all came about last night. And with the three-hour time difference, um, Lisa and I did not have time to discuss this. I, I wish I could have. I kind of warned her a little bit. And I also need to apologize for Lisa, to Lisa. Things did not go all that well for me yesterday morning. It was one of those days... It's been a hard time on the road. I was just exhausted. All I wanted to do was just take one day off and do nothing. And I couldn't. Um, I needed to move. So I moved to the first place. It didn't work out. Uh, I couldn't get a good signal on the satellite to be able to do the show this week. And then as I was trying to get a good signal on the satellite, I was on the wrong side of the coach and I was trying to move the cable for my Starlink from the other side where I couldn't see what was happening. And I ended up putting the cable for the satellite. It landed on top of the exhaust for the diesel fired heater. When the diesel fired heater came on, it burnt my cable. That is a proprietary cable that you can only get from Starlink. And I thought, I just screwed up the entire show. I won't be able to do the show this week. So I was just frustrated with myself and tired and burnout. And I had to move now because there was no way I was going to be able to do the show from this place. And, and I thought, well, maybe I can get to another RV park and maybe I can come up with some sort of an internet connection that'll work. And I immediately went to Starlink and ordered a new cable, but I probably won't get it till late next week sometime or um, I, I was just really mad at myself and I called Lisa and I took it out on her and Lisa was trying to help me and I was being very short with her and I apologize. Um, and, I, and I thought to myself after I got off the phone, um, you know, I justified being short by saying I'm tired. I don't feel good. And then I remembered Don's words. My God, I listened to Don's stories about almost dying on missions and under ships and the pain he went through. And, and I thought to myself, my God, suck it up, cupcake. I'm sitting here complaining about some stupid first world problems and how bad I feel and then taking it out on the most important person in my life. So, Lisa, I'm sorry. And thank you for all the help. All right. Um, let me get back on track here for a second. Um, I, I'm going to become, if Lisa and I decide that this is where we want to go, I'm going to become the most influential keynote speaker in trucking. I'm going to do it because I've got a big mission, and that's how I'm going to accomplish that mission, and I'm going to need your help. I'm going to talk about that a lot today. I think the keynote that I can develop will be the way that I can create the support I need within the industry to kind of make the kind of changes I want to make and to have the impact that I want to have. So 
I've tried many, many times to just write a good keynote speech, practice it, perfect it, and make it better, and I've failed every time. I now know how I can do this. Once in a while, I'm going to come on the air and I'm going to deliver my keynote to you. Because the only way I'm ever going to make this better is to keep giving it. I have to give it, I have to know somebody's listening. I just can't practice. I've tried, tried many, many times. I need to know somebody's listening. And then on top of that, if I deliver it to you, I can get feedback from the people who really matter. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to start giving this keynote. It is nowhere near where I want it to be, but I like the theme. And there are two themes and the flow, and I like where it's going. It, it just needs a lot of work, and I need your help with it. So before I do that, I also want to welcome a lot of new listeners. I also realized that me getting out and speaking at, this, at these types of events is the single biggest tool I have to grow the tribe, and I have to grow the tribe. If I'm going to accomplish what I'm setting out to do, I need to grow the tribe and I need your help as well. So there were a lot of people at this event that had never heard me before. There are an awful lot of people in this industry that have never heard me before. I need to get my message in front of them. If it resonates with them, they'll become part of the tribe. And that's what we need right now. So if you are a new listener, thank you. Welcome to the tribe. Welcome to my world. I would love to hear from you today at the end of the show. All right, with that, let's get down to the keynote. Now, I I also have to get used to doing this, so bear with me today. It's hard for me to do a keynote without being able to see people, without being able to read their faces and and kind of um, play off of that. Um, But I'm going to give it a shot because I have to. This is what I have to do. So here we go. You know, I should probably stand up for this. You might be a little shocked by my open. I had not planned on this part of the open either. I changed this at the last minute because it fits my themes. Good evening, you beautiful bunch of fuckers, and welcome to my world. I promise I did not call you a bad name. And I'm not referring to the movie. Fockers is actually a term of endearment that was coined by a member of our tribe. So I should probably explain the tribe. We don't consider the people we interact with our customers. They're much more than that. They're not clients. They're much more than that. They're not followers. I don't don't even really like that word. They are our tribe. And that's really special. And I I will tell you this, the two themes you're going to see run through this keynote are gratitude and serving others. And by being grateful and focusing on serving others, I've created what I consider to be the most incredible group of people that interact with us as a company, what other companies might call customers, our tribe. If you are ever fortunate enough to build a tribe or a customer base that refers to themselves as friends of you, fuckers, friends of Kevin Rutherford, I, I can't imagine anything better 
than being able to wake up and build a company and build a team that has has built that kind of trust and faith. So, with that in mind, the two themes, gratitude and serving others. Now, it starts with changing your mindset, which is really what one of Don's biggest messages was. Learn to embrace the pain. And that is a huge mindset change. I want to talk about some other mindset changes, and then I'm going to get to a plan. I'm going to give you a step-by-step plan on, first off, how to survive the bottom of a bad economy and the bottom of a bad freight market. I don't know what's coming. I heard a very, very positive message at um, at the event this past week, and I'm encouraged by it. I, I may talk about that some, some later today. If I don't talk about it later today, I'll talk about it later this week. It was from uh, another financial analyst in the industry that I've followed for quite a while, Donald Broughton. But whatever is coming, this plan, if it's a really bad economy, will get you through it. If it's a good economy, it will just make your outcomes even better. So let's talk about one of the mindsets that I have been running into a lot in this industry since the rates started to falter. As things started to go downhill, this mindset became very, very apparent. And here's what it was. I am finding many people in this industry who believe that just because they started a business They deserve a profit. They're entitled to a profit. I can't imagine a mindset that will guarantee your failure more than that. The market owes you nothing. You have to earn everything you're going to get in business. You are not entitled to anything except an opportunity. I actually have had owner-operators scream at me. Why should I have to do the hard work and cut costs? The rates should cover it. That is entitlement. And there is absolutely no place for it in business. Those are also the first people that are failing and struggling. And good, we need to get them the hell out of the industry. It's the same mentality this ignorance of how a free market works and how business works, that we get these phrases that drive me crazy in this industry. Just say no to cheap freight. It might be the most ignorant business phrase I've ever heard. I won't pull freight unless it's $8 a mile or whatever goofy number they've pulled out of their ass this time. What another ignorant comment about the way business in a free market in this industry really works. We need to get more of those people out of this industry as well. The other mindset I see that somebody else is controlling your profit. The brokers are controlling the rates. Again, pure ignorance as to how business even works. The mega carriers are just going to put us all out of business. 
We can't compete with the mega carriers. I've been saying for years, you're absolutely right. You can't compete with the mega carriers. You shouldn't compete with the mega carriers. They should be afraid of why they can't compete with you. That's what I want to teach owner-operators and small carriers. Don't compete with them. Make them compete with you, and they can't. Once you understand who your customer should be and how you should serve that customer, the megas don't have a chance at competing with you. I don't care about their buying power. Just the the event I just went through proves that a a group of owner-operators organized properly the way Nastic has done it has a bigger fuel discount than the mega carriers do. We could do even more of that. Nastic's been doing it for a long, long time. I'm excited about being a part of that. The next mindset I see, every problem is somebody else's fault. They blame everybody else. Look, I've said for years, even if it is somebody else's fault, and it almost never is, even if it is somebody else's fault, own it, because then you at least have some control over it. If everything is everybody else's fault, and then you have to depend on them to fix the problem. That's why we now seem to have a large groups of people in this industry who think the government is the answer to their problems. <sighs> you know, I, I, I think of a quote from Jimmy Buffett. Actually, it's not a quote, it's a song. If your attitude's appalling, there's a latitude that's calling. Now, now, Jimmy's solution to that was to lay on the beach and drink margaritas to improve your attitude. I have a different... I tried that. It didn't work. I have a different solution. And it's, it's the two themes in my keynote today. If you want to change your attitude, develop a mindset of gratitude and serving others. All right. Before we get to the plan, I want to just tell a couple of quick stories about my, my career in this industry. One of these stories I do not believe I have ever told on the air. I, I was thinking about this. I don't believe I've ever told this story in a seminar. I don't believe I've ever told this story on the air. If I have, I'm sure somebody's going to remind me. Um, my tribe members remember what I say better than I remember what I say sometimes. Um, but I, I believe that when I gave this keynote the other night at Nastic, it was the first time I told this story. So um, I am third generation in trucking. I've told the story about my grandfather, told the story about my father. My grandfather was an owner operator back in the days when the seat in the truck was a wooden bench. When you measured a trip from the East Coast to the West Coast in weeks, not hours or days. There were no truck stops. There were no interstates. My grandfather was leased to a moving company. I can't imagine what that must have been like. I did not know a lot about my grandfather's life or um, his experience in trucking. I've just heard some things here and there. My grandfather died when I was young. Um, my father started driving milk trucks when he was 13, obviously without a license. Um, you might understand now why I'm not a big believer in rules. Um, it's the only thing my father ever did. What I watched, though, and again, I, I was 
really young during a lot of this. So some of this were the, were the stories I grew up with. Um, my father really wanted to own a truck, not because he wanted to run a business. My father only had a ninth grade education. He wanted to own a truck because he loved trucks and he loved working on things. He was the most incredible self-taught mechanic I've ever known. And I'm so grateful that, that he taught me those skills and, and they've really helped me and paid off well. But he really didn't have the skills to run the business. He had the intelligence. My father was an extremely intelligent man. He wasn't educated. And I wish he could have been more educated. He, he would have done incredible things. And it's why I'm so big on education in this industry and I'm, I'm going to get even bigger. One of the stories um, that I, I don't, well, the story that I don't believe I told was the last day of truck driving school for me. You know, I didn't need to go to truck driving school. Back then, it was a written test to get a chauffeur's license, and then you could go drive a truck. You needed no experience, needed no training. There wasn't even a driving test. And I grew up around trucks, so I, I kind of knew how to drive. But I thought, you know what? I, I was broke, by the way, but I had my VA benefits, and I, I actually talk about the industry changing. I had to go see my VA counselor, and the first thing he said to me was, you're going to have to convince me why I should give you some money to go to truck driving school. He says, you would not believe how many unemployed truck drivers I'm trying to help find a job. So why should I spend this money on you? And, and what I did, and it, it was with my family's help, I was able to get a couple letters from trucking companies where they had relationships saying that they would hire me if I went through the program. So I went through it. At the time, um, my dream of becoming a helicopter pilot uh, had come to an end. I joined the Army to become a helicopter pilot. I went in as a crew chief because my recruiter lied to me. Imagine that, a recruiter lying to you. So my first went to talk to the recruiter. I said, I want to be a helicopter pilot. And the problem from his point of view is he wants people to sign up. And if you apply for flight school ahead of time, it's a long process before you enlist. So he convinced me by lying to me that the best way to do this was to go in as a crew chief, learn how to fix and work on the helicopters, which really appealed to me, and then apply for flight school while you're in, which I did. The problem was once you're in the military, you're pretty darn busy. So now that application process for flight school is pretty tedious. And I had to put in a lot of extra hours that I just, sometimes I just didn't have time. We would leave and go out to the field for a month and everything would be on hold. It took me a year to finish my application process for flight school and I got accepted but by that time, I'm a year and a half into a three-year enlistment, and flight school had a big, long waiting list. I also had to go to warrant officer school, which had a waiting list. And my enlistment ended, and I didn't have a date yet. And I had a really hard decision to make, and I decided that um, as much as I loved serving my country, and I was glad that I did it, um, the military had too many rules for me. So I decided to get out. The problem was back then, 
I had no plan B, nothing. So now I'm out of the military in what was still a fairly rough economy, and I was broke. I was so broke, I was living in my brother's basement with a small new young family, and I had a car, but it broke down and I didn't have enough money to fix it. I had to borrow a car to get back and forth to truck driving school. And I had to scrape together enough money to keep gas in the thing. But the gas tank had a hole in it. Now, I could have fixed it. I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't. And on the last day of driving school, we, we kind of graduate and, you know, we all talk about what we're going to do. I had an appointment I had an interview for a driving job that was more than just a driving job, by the way. It was actually a shot at being an owner-operator from day one. And I walked out to my car, and like all leaks do, it had gotten worse, not better. In fact, when I got in the car, I looked at my gas gauge, and I thought, I can't possibly make it to the interview. I'm hoping I can make it to the gas station, except I don't have any money. None. I had to walk back inside. When you talk about a humbling experience, I, I don't ask for help easy. I had to ask the owner of the truck driving school if I could borrow $10 to get gas. And back then, $10 bought you quite a bit of gas. That's how I got started in this industry. And I couldn't be more grateful to this industry it's giving me, it, it has really given me everything. My grandfather, my father raised me with, with nothing but money from the truck driving industry. And my father would go buy a truck, try to keep it as long as he could and work on it and fix it up. And then when he ran out of money, he would go back to a union driving job that he absolutely hated in order to pay the bills and keep food on the table and, and maybe be able to save enough money to try it again sometime. That's what I watched growing up. And then here I was starting in the industry in about the same shape. Um, you know, in a sense, even Lisa came to me through the trucking industry. I met Lisa because our fathers at the time were working at the same trucking company, Spectre, a union driving job. And that was how Lisa and I met. Later on, Lisa managed the one truck stop that was in my hometown, and I parked my truck and kind of operated out of there for a while. Everything I have in life came from the trucking industry. I love this industry, and I want to give back. In fact, I don't feel like I can give back enough. One other um, event happened that really, really kind of set my course in this industry. And it was the fact that not long after taking this opportunity, oh, by the way, I did make it to that interview. I did end up getting that it wasn't a job, it was a contract. Very first day, I started renting their yard truck to do their extra work. Um, their extra work at the time, it was a company called Spartan Express, owned by Roadway. I was doing local P&D work. Their extra work turned out to be full-time. From the day I started there, I doubt that I ever put in anything less than a 10-hour day. 14-hour days were fairly common. It was an incredible opportunity for me. After doing that for a year, I decided I should buy another truck. 
because I'm kind of an entrepreneur at heart. So I bought another truck and something pretty magical happened. I put another truck on the road and all of a sudden I had more money. I thought, well, this is easy. I thought I just discovered the, the golden goose. If I bought one more truck and I have more money, what if I buy another truck? And I did. And then I had even more money. And after that, I would buy another truck every time I could, every time somebody would let me. Well, look, if they're going to give me the money and sell me a truck, I, I should probably get it. I grew way too fast. I, um, I combined my trucks with, uh, with my older brother, who was really the reason I was in business. He got me that first opportunity at Spartan, and he loaned me all of the money to buy my second truck. And then we combined our trucks and we also set up a service truck because we had trucks everywhere doing all kinds of crazy stuff and we couldn't keep up with the service and the, the washes. So we built a service truck and we could do our own washes and our own services and we had a lot going on. The problem was I had no idea how to run a business. The idea that every time I bought a truck, I had more money, um, I didn't understand that that wasn't going to last forever, that there are lots and lots of expenses that don't show up right away. The revenue shows up right away. That's why I, th this is where I learned, don't focus on the revenue, focus on the bottom line. I tell these stories because these are how I learned how to be successful in this business. I learned that the revenue will almost take care of itself and the revenue is what it is. You have got to focus on expenses and the bottom line, the profit. And you have to have an accounting system to do that. So I grew so fast that I was seriously in debt. I was now living on credit cards in my personal life because there was no profit in the business. And I had to figure out what to do and, and I didn't know what to do. And, and one of the options that I was exploring was bankruptcy. And I consulted with a bankruptcy attorney and he looked over everything and he said, Jeff, you're, you're exactly why we have bankruptcy laws. You just need to file bankruptcy and start over. And I really didn't understand. I kind of knew there were two different kinds of bankruptcy. And I, I said, wait a minute. I said, if I do that, what happens to all this money that I owe? Well, and he said, well, that's the beauty of it. He said, it just goes away and you get to start over. And I said, well, but I thought there was also a way to do this where I actually just just buy some time and create a plan and actually pay the money back. And he said, oh, yeah, well, that, that, that's not what you need right now. You don't have any chance of paying this money back. And I said, well, so what happens then to the people I borrowed money from? And he said, well, well don't think of it as people. They're businesses, and they're used to this. They'll, they'll just write it off. That's what the bankruptcy laws are for. And I thought to myself, that I, this just doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. I borrowed this money. What do you mean I don't have to pay it back? So I, I went home and I really thought long and hard about, is there any other way I could get out of this? 
So I started reading some business books. I was just looking for ideas. I was looking for anything. And I, I started to realize this theme of business runs on numbers. You've got to know your numbers. You've got to know your profit. So I, I started creating spreadsheets. Now, this is still the, the late 80s, early 90s we're talking about here. Um, I did have a personal computer. I was pretty early into the computer thing. Uh, so I bought another book and I taught myself how to write spreadsheets. And I created a spreadsheet to track where I was in my company. And I realized that I was losing money and that's why I was living on credit cards. There was no profit left for us to take uh, any money out of the company. And I looked at it and thought, well, maybe he's right. Um, if I'm losing money, how can I possibly pay off anything? And I was almost ready to do it. And one more thought struck my mind at that moment. And I went back and I started writing bigger spreadsheets to do one specific thing. And it was a turning point for me. And it, it really, that one moment, had that not occurred, had I not had that thought, which was inspired by a book, had I not had this thought, I'm sure I would not be here today doing what I'm doing. I'm sure I would not have done as much good in the trucking industry. It was the one thought I had was track the profit on each individual truck. A lot of businesses don't do things like this. Mo most fleets in this industry don't do this. But when I wrote new spreadsheets and I took the time to separate out all the revenue and all the expenses by truck, what I found was two of those trucks were profitable. The problem was the profit was lost in all of the other trucks that were losing money. So I didn't need to file bankruptcy. I didn't need to tell somebody that I borrowed money from, sorry, I'm not paying you back. What I needed to do was sell every piece of equipment that wasn't profitable, get as much money out of it as I could. I didn't get much because I didn't know how to buy equipment back then. And I was upside down in most of them, but I at least got rid of the payments. I got rid of the expenses and I generated a little bit of cash to buy myself some breathing room. And I took the two most profitable trucks and I went back to work driving. By that point, I was not driving anymore. Um, I was working about 20 hours a day and I was occasionally driving, but I was not driving full time. And one of the trucks had, for me at the time, which was the ideal situation, it was an overnight line haul run six hours and it allowed me to go back to school. And I learned about accounting and taxes and, and, and I taught myself a lot of this. When I say go back to school, sometimes for me, going back to school means getting a big pile of books and reading them and teaching myself this stuff. I realized that was the key. The key was in the numbers and the key was track each individual truck separately. And I set a goal. And at the time, it was a big goal. My big goal was I was going to become the expert. I don't even like that word. I was going to become 
the person who knew the most about operating one truck with the maximum amount of profit. And I'm still working on that goal today. It came out of that one moment. You know, I talked earlier about mindset and what I learned during that time, during those struggles. I talked about the mindsets that don't work, entitlement, blaming others. Here's what does work. It's the only one I know that works. The only attitude I know that works over and over and over is I will do whatever it takes to succeed. Now, I do not mean cheating people. I do not mean neglecting my family and putting in so many hours. That's not what I'm talking about. When I say I will do whatever it takes to succeed, it's within the idea that I like to practice something I call conscious capitalism. There's actually a good book um, with that title. Conscious capitalism. I am a dyed-in-the-wool capitalist. I think it is by far the best economic system in the world. We need more capitalism in this country, not less, but we need conscious capitalism. I will do whatever it takes to succeed. I will not do anything that would hurt somebody else. I'm not going to cheat people and I'm not going to neglect my family. Along with that, especially in the beginning of a business or the beginning of a project, I will not make what I call I won't or I don't statements. Those can come later when you're running your business and you're successful and you can afford to, you can start to get picky about what you do. But in the beginning, I I banned all statements like I don't go to New York City. If there is profit in going to New York City, then I'm going to New York City. I don't pull freight for less than X. Well, If there's profit in it or if it makes sense in the big picture, of course I will. I've told stories over the years of how I worked for free. Not cheap rates, not low rates, free. I wouldn't be standing here talking to you today if I didn't agree to do my first, I don't know, 30 presentations At no charge, I volunteered to do it free. Not only did I do it free, I paid my own expenses to get to these events. I had to. Nobody was going to hire me as a speaker. I had no credibility. I had to develop that credibility. And the only way I knew how to do it was to get up on stage and prove to people I had a message that was worth listening to. And the only way I could get anybody to do that was to offer to do it free and pay my own way. And I did that. I didn't have any I won't statements or I don't statements. Now, if you say, if you're saying to yourself right now, you're willing to do the hard work, you're willing to do whatever it takes to be successful and to make an impact in our industry and maybe to step up and become a leader in our industry. If you're, if you're sitting there saying, I'm willing, I just don't know how. Well, I've got good news. I can show you exactly how. I'm going to give you an outline, a plan right now. That is, for the most part, the rest of my keynote, and I'll end with a story. I can show you how. I can show you how right now, and then it's what we do 
It's what we do at Let's Truck. It's what Nastic does, and we're partnering more with them. I can show you how to do this. As long as you are willing and you have the right mindset, this will work. It works every time. I could give this plan anywhere. This isn't trucking specific. Now, I'll tie in some specific trucking things, but for the most part, the outline of this plan I could give to anywhere, any business. Somebody came up to me and said that, that my keynote, this was very flattering, should be a college course. So the first question you have to ask yourself right now, are you willing? And if you are, let's get started on the plan. Before, what, one more thing. Business is really, really simple. I, I like to simplify things. I, I look at it as, as kind of my superpower. I take things that seem really, really complicated, and I, I understand them so well that I can help other people understand them in a much more simple way. Here is really how simple business is if we break it down to its most basic level. A business is nothing more than third grade math. We have money coming in. We have money going out. Our goal is to maximize the money coming in and minimize the money going out so that we have the most profit left over. It really is that simple. But how do you do that? That's where it gets more difficult, but not complicated. It's hard work. It's lots of hard work. That's why most people never truly succeed. They, I'm going to take Don's words again, they don't set big enough goals and they're not willing to do the hard work and learn to embrace the pain. So, The way I'm going to do this is I'm going to first give you the outline of the plan. There are eight steps in this plan. I'm going to give you the outline, and then I'm going to come through on each step and give you some basic ideas about how you do this. This plan could become a full-blown two-day seminar without that much work. So here's the outline. One, develop that winning mindset. We have to start with that. That is the trigger and the catalyst for everything else. You have to develop that winning mindset. Two, I know a lot of people are going to groan when they hear this one, but none of these steps can be skipped. None of them. The next one is to get healthy. It really is. The difference between trying to succeed when you are outrageously healthy, which is so simple to achieve now the difference is incredible without my transformation health wise i would not be here right now doing what i'm doing i I would be too tired and run down and sick and inflamed and i'd have brain fog i wouldn't have the energy you've got to get healthy and and by the way i'll talk about that this is just the outline i get carried away sometimes number three You've got to build a winning team. This is just another way of saying business runs on relationships. We are going to be very specific about which relationships we develop. Number four, know your numbers. Number five, develop a customer-driven mentality. Number six, network more. Number seven, never 
stop learning. Number eight, the most satisfying of all, give back. It's incredibly powerful. I am going to take just uh, just a couple seconds here before I start on the detail of each of these, just to check my messages from my team. Sometimes I get so wrapped up, I want to make sure I'm on the air. Um, I'm still on the air. So let's get into the details of this plan. Number one, develop that mindset we need. Make gratitude a habit. Gratitude is the emotion and the mindset that will change the way you think. When you are grateful, fear disappears and abundance and clarity appear when you are grateful. So, Habits are powerful. I could do an entire seminar on habits. Habits are powerful. We all run our life on habits and we don't even realize it. Unfortunately, we allowed life to create our habits. Our habits don't serve us well most of the time because we allowed those habits to be created by circumstance. What I want you to do is sit down and create habits that serve you well. One of the things you need in order to create a habit is what we call a trigger. If it's not a habit, you're not likely to do it every day. That's the whole point. We need a trigger that reminds us to do the habit. So I came up with a really easy trigger for gratitude, and it's the only one I've ever used, and it works incredibly well. Here's what it is. I wanted, when I first sat down and said, look, I, I really need to take time and be more grateful in my life because I am so blessed and I need to appreciate that. So I thought at least twice a day, I want to stop and be grateful to feel that gratitude. So the trigger, I decided, okay, twice a day, what do I always do twice a day, no matter what? Well, I go to sleep and I wake up. Perfect. Before I go to sleep, I take a couple minutes and I clear my mind and I do a little deep breathing. And then I think of three things that I'm grateful for. And it doesn't matter what those things are. You can use the same three every time if you want. There are so many things you could be grateful for. This should not be hard. And I fall asleep with that gratitude in my mind and on my heart. And I wake up and I do it again before I face the day. I take a couple minutes and I clear my mind. And then I focus on at least three things that I'm really grateful for. Now, I don't just name those things. I actually think about those things. And then I feel the gratitude. I don't just pencil whip this one. I get emotional when I do this and I feel the gratitude. Develop a gratitude habit. Two, get healthy. I could spend all day on this. I do. Wednesday's our destination health day. Um, I'm not going to do that today. I am just going to try to convince you of how important this really is. This is the hard work. It's not complicated, but it is hard. And there will be some pain. Remember Don's message? Learn to live with the pain. Learn to embrace the pain. The rewards are worth it. 
You know, Don had a, had a statement that was really powerful. He said, we're all going to experience pain. The people who don't make the commitment, who don't set big goals, who don't push through the pain and learn to embrace it, they will face the pain of regret. And that pain lasts a lifetime. Don said he learned early on to embrace that short-term pain and get comfortable with it in order to get to those big goals And when you do that, that pain is temporary. You don't have to face the pain and regret of not living your life to the fullest, of not having goals and going after them. Health is a great place to apply that lesson. If you put off the short-term pain of getting healthy, you will have pain your entire life. Don't let that happen. Get healthy. Do it now. We can help. That's all I'm going to say on that. I am going to announce at the end today um, some pretty big goals that I have around health in this industry, not my own health. Um, I have plenty of those, but I'm always working on those. All right. Step number three, develop a winning team. Business is built on relationships. If you are starting a business, and I'm going to talk specifically now about starting a business as an owner-operator, I'm going to help you build your team. Here's the first member of your team you need to decide on. Who is going to be your customer? Who is going to be your customer? Be very specific about it. Create your own customers. Pick customers you love and want to serve. So a couple options we have in this industry to look for customers. We have shippers and receivers. It's not an easy way to go, but it can be a very rewarding way to go if you can pull it off. It's an option. If your customers are shippers and receivers, you're going to need something else, two other things the way I see it. You're going to need a handful, three to five good brokers. Yes, they're going to be your customers. They are your customers. This may be the only industry I know that makes a regular habit of calling their customers assholes all the time, calling them crooks and thieves and criminals. It makes me crazy, but I see it over and over and over. Here's the good news. It makes competing so damn easy. It makes standing out so easy. You can be a hero with your customers so easy because the competition is calling them assholes and complaining about them all the time. My God, what an opportunity. Then you would also need a load board just to fill in once in a while when you need some extra freight. That's one option. Another option, and don't let anybody tell you that if you go this way, you're not a real owner-operator. You can lease to a carrier. I made a lot of money with trucks leased to carriers. There are a lot of advantages to running a business leased to a carrier. If you just decide to go that route, that carrier is your customer. Treat them that way. Make your carrier a raving fan. Like the tribe. 
That should be your goal with your customers. Any business that can get to the point where their customers feel like they are true friends, that's an incredible place to be. That should be your goal when it comes to building relationships with customers. First, determine who your customer is going to be and then figure out how to serve them better than anybody else can serve them. If you can pull that off, you will succeed every time. I also believe that you need a couple other relationships that are really important. You need some financial relationships, an accountant, a tax preparer, a financial planner. Many times you can find one person who could do all of that. I like to fulfill that role for a lot of our tribe members. I may not be doing their taxes or their accounting, but I can certainly help them and guide them in all of those areas, as well as financial planning and health. The next important relationship you need, and it's why two of our shows every day are either hosted or presented by shops, Pittsburgh Power and the Power Hour, Rolling Toe and Mike Beckett and MD Alignment, because building relationships with shops is critically important if you're going to own trucks in today's world, especially in today's world. It's not easy to build those relationships. I talked about that. I spent a year in Jacksonville with my trucks. And after a year of trying, I had no relationships with any shops. None. I I tried. I couldn't do it. It took me almost a year after I moved the trucks to Orlando, but I finally did it. And it made a big difference in my business. There are some other relationships as well, but those will do for right now. There's one other subject I want to talk about while I'm on this idea about building a winning team. This one can get a little touchy. I get it. I am not telling anybody to, um, to throw your friends, your current friends and family under the bus. What I'm telling you is you have to be very careful who you spend time with. There are lots of studies about your five closest friends or the five people you spend the most time with. There's a study that shows your weight and your health will be the average weight and the average health of the five people you spend the most time with. There's a statistic about that about money too. Your net worth will be the average net worth of the five people you spend time with. Again, I'm not telling you to ditch your friends and family so your bank account gets bigger, but I am telling you if you want to succeed, be very, very careful who you give your time and attention to. Be thoughtful about it. Step number four, know your numbers. Know your numbers. Again, let me give you the good news. This is drop dead simple. We can show you with our software how to do all of the accounting for one truck in just 20 minutes a month. And 20 minutes a month, this one exercise puts you in the top 10, maybe the top 5% of this industry. I'll tell you why. I've been tracking this since I did my first seminar. When I get up in front of a group of owner operators, I ask this question, how many of you have an accounting system? It is, it is appalling and shocking to me to this day. I did my first seminar in 1999. I still ask this question. I set a goal to change this number and I've hardly moved the needle. 
I'm going to figure out a way. It's going to be one of my big goals. I am going to figure out a way to get this number better. But the good news for you is that it makes it so damn easy to compete. Over 90% of single truck owner operators have no accounting system. Another 5% that have an accountant that does their numbers, they don't understand their numbers, so they might as well not have them. It makes it so easy. I told you the story of how I avoided bankruptcy and, and managed to rebuild my company because I knew the numbers. I knew the numbers on every truck. And that was really the key. Knowing the profit on each one of those trucks is what saved me. Develop, number five, develop the customer-driven mentality. I talked about this in the mindset. Who is your customer? How can you serve them better than anybody else? That's it. That is the whole key to being successful in business. It is the secret to success Know your customer and serve your customer better than anyone else can. Number six, network more. There are lots of good opportunities to network in this industry. Go to events. The event I just came from was fantastic. I'm going to talk about it. I had incredible experiences. Tomorrow, I go to another event for three more days, the Freight Waves Future of Freight Conference. I am looking forward to meeting a lot of people from this industry, all walks of this industry, that I have been networking with now on social media, primarily on Twitter, X. We, we call this, this group, this community we have going on Twitter, we call it Freight X. It's an amazing community. It's getting better all the time. I am on Twitter for one reason and one reason only. Well, I started on Twitter for one reason and one reason only. I've been very active in social media for a long, long time, all the way back to the 80s. Yes, there was social media back then on a computer. I did it. I moved away from almost all of the social media platforms and we created our own. It's the tribes. I'll talk about that later. I up. Very active on Twitter now. The original reason was because I wanted to support free speech. Elon Musk spent $44 billion to protect free speech. Yes, I give him my $8 a month. And if they have a new premium plan, I will take that too. I want to support free speech in social media. This is the only chance we have. Come over and join us on Twitter. Look me up. Kevin Rutherford, Let's Truck, shouldn't be hard to find. Join me on Twitter. We are building a thriving freight community on Twitter. That's the reason I'm staying. The community is growing and it's getting exciting. And we are making very interesting connections and relationships. Uh, Again, we have our own social media site. Just in case we ever get banned or deleted again. Um, we have one, at least one space that we absolutely control. Uh, I will talk about that later. That is our, uh, our, our trucking tribe site, our Let's Truck tribe site. Number seven, one of my favorites. Never stop learning. Never, ever stop learning. But here's the good news. Truck drivers should have the equivalent of a PhD in something, anything, 
because you have 60 hours a week to listen and learn while you're making a living. That is almost unheard of. And yet so many truck drivers squander that resource. I have a story about that later. Now, since I'm talking about never stop learning, I have three book recommendations for you. I've recommended them many, many times. Most of my regular listeners have either listened to these books already or they probably never will. I talk about them all the time. I've read thousands and thousands of business books. I average about two books a week. I have most of my life. I am a huge reader. When I drove, I had audiobooks going constantly. It's one of the reasons I still travel the way I do in a motor coach. It gives me that windshield time to learn again, to listen. I love listening to audiobooks. I love reading too, but I can listen to an awful lot of material when I drive. Here's my book list. Write these down. The first one. We're going to start off easy here. This is almost a cartoon. This is what's called a parable. It is actually a cartoon. It's written at a third grade level, and it's extremely powerful. And I can't think of a more important book right now. Even something so simple, so short. It's a couple hours if you listen to it. What's the one thing that um, is overwhelming us in today's world? It has been for a long time. The pace is accelerating. It's not going to stop. It's going to get worse. What it is, it's called change. People, most people do not deal with change well. It's why we're seeing so many stress-related illnesses. It's why we're seeing um, so much discontent in this country. People don't deal with change well. It's not easy to deal with. This book is the single best lesson I've seen in, in changing your mindset about change. The only thing about change that's going to change is it's going to keep coming faster. You have got to figure out how to change your mindset about change. And this book, again, is as is, is, is simple as it is, it's powerful. It's called Who Moved My Cheese? And it's about four cartoon characters, actually, two mice and two humans. And they live in a maze, and one day somebody moves their cheese. And it's how they respond to that. That's the lesson. Who Moved My Cheese? I don't remember who wrote that one. The second book is the opposite. This one is not simple. This one is complicated. Don't listen to it once and think you're done. This became my business Bible. When I need a business lesson, I always go back to this book. It is more in-depth. It's more complicated. It is harder to listen to, harder to work through. But I would encourage you to do the hard work around this book. Take this book to heart. Even if you were to take, here's one way you might want to listen to this book. Listen to it once all the way through. Then go back and listen. There's seven habits. Listen to each habit and work on it for a week and then move on to the next habit. You may end up finding that this becomes your business Bible and, and you go back to it. It's my owner's manual for running a good business and honestly a good life. And then... This book was so important to me uh, and still is today that the close of every show includes the lesson that I learned from this book, which is do the hard work. Now, 
I'm going to make a change today. I normally recommend the book, The War of Art. The book is by Stephen Pressfield. That's where the original concept of doing the hard work came from. But that book is mostly about writing. Stephen has a couple other books. One's called Turning Pro. Uh, The one I want you to read is called Do the Work. He takes that one lesson out of the book, The War of Art, and it is the overriding lesson, and he writes a book just about that topic. It's called Do the Work by Stephen Pressfield. Those are my three book recommendations. Never, ever stop learning. I'm going to throw in a little sales pitch here. You're going to get some more of this at the end. I have two new programs coming up that I will be announcing today before I wrap this up. Those programs are both coaching programs and what we call mastermind groups. If you want to never stop learning about business, trucking, and finance, you're going to want to join my business coaching mastermind group. If you want to learn more about health, you're going to want to join my health coaching and mastermind group. That will be, those are ongoing programs. There's no end to them. That's why that could become your blueprint for continuous learning. There's another phrase I like, can I, C-A-N-I, can I, constant and never-ending improvement. Can I? Of course I can if I do the hard work. So think, uh, think about joining me in those groups. And finally, the last step, give back. Give back because this industry, our neighborhoods, our cities, and our country are in desperate need of help. I don't want to go into all the problems. I don't want to make this negative. I want to focus on solutions. You are the solution. You have got to give back. You've got to give back in your community. You've got to give back in your company. You've got to give back in your industry. And it should be like learning. Giving back should be lifelong. There is no start and finish to this. Hopefully there's a start. There should be no finish. Give back. One of the lessons I learned about giving back and being really effective in giving back happened in Hawaii. And it happened at, uh, at an Anthony Robbins seminar. I had paid $25,000 for, for this series of seminars with Anthony Robbins over two years. The, by far, hands down, the single best investment I've ever made in my life. $25,000 that I didn't have at the time, I had to borrow it. But I'm so glad I did. It was one of the things that set me on this path. But I learned a really important lesson about giving, giving back. Again, I paid a lot of money to be here. I wanted maximum benefit out of this. I wanted more sessions. I wanted longer days. And, and if you've ever been to an Anthony Robbins seminar, there are more sessions and long, long days. But I found out what one of the events that was part of this whole series was 11 days on the big island of Hawaii. And I was really looking forward to that one. One of the days, remember, I want, I want maximum content out of this. I paid a lot of money for this. I want to hear Anthony and his experts teach me stuff. And one whole day, 
of our time in Hawaii was committed to giving back. There were no seminars. There were no presentations that day. You did not have to do this. You could just take a day off and relax and enjoy Hawaii. But the lesson was Anthony's team had set up multiple ways of giving back to the community and you chose one and that's what you went and did that day. And the lesson I learned, the lesson that Anthony taught was if the way you're giving back is easy, it's also probably not effective. It's easy for me to give money. It always has been. I've got that entrepreneur's mindset. Money to me is just not important. Um, I know it's it's powerful and we need it. I get all that. The reason it's not important to me, it's not a focus, is entrepreneurs, it, it's actually referred to as the, the entrepreneur's curse. Sometimes we're horrible at managing and spending our money because our mindset is, well, so what? I'll just go make more. Making money for me has always been easy. So giving away money was also easy. I'll just go make more. It wasn't much of a sacrifice. So Tony's lesson was, when you give back, you should give away the thing that you have the least of. I didn't have a lot of money at the time. Obviously, I borrowed money to go to this event. But my, like I said, it didn't matter. I just, if I need more, I'll just go earn more. What I didn't have, what most of us feel like we don't ever have enough of is time. So Tony challenged us to give back time. And I panicked. Oh my God, I can't do that. I don't have any time. I have so many ideas. I have so many projects. I have so many things I want to do. I can't give back time. I'll give money. Money helps. Money does help other people, no doubt. But there's another powerful reason to give back. It helps you. Yes, it's selfish. I don't care. It's a win-win. You're helping somebody else and you're helping yourself. But if you want to help yourself, you have to give away the thing you have the least of. And for me, it was time. And I've told the story many times. After that, uh, after that event, I took, um, I took my sons and we volunteered at food banks. And we gave up several hours a week to work at those food banks. And we learned a lot. It was an incredible experience. One of the other things that I've learned, and this is why we're modeling our new coaching mastermind group the way we are. One of the best ways, the absolute best ways to learn something is to teach it. And you do not have to be an expert. You just have to know a little bit more than the person you're trying to teach. So as soon as I learn something, I go teach it to somebody that doesn't know that yet, no matter how simple it is. I learned this lesson in the military. In basic training, there's all kinds of things you have to learn. It is overwhelming. I learned things easy, but this was almost overwhelming. There was so much new stuff all at once. The military has its own language. There's just so much. And I'm competitive. I wanted to win. I wanted to come out of basic training as number one. And I was struggling with some of these new skills I had to learn. How to field strip your M16 down and, and clean it and oil it and put it back together. How to do CPR. How to, how to um, protect yourself from a chemical attack by getting your mop suit and your mask and everything on correctly. All this stuff you got to learn. And again, I was competitive. I wanted to win. And one day, just out of the blue, I got assigned to kind of run one of the stations where you were learning these things. And it was CPR. And for some reason, I was struggling with CPR. 
And that day I had to run that station. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I, I, I learned enough to show the other people the basics and then watch them do it. And I immediately picked it up. It became second nature to me. After that day, I could teach CPR in my sleep. And it dawned on me. Sheesh, I didn't know anything about it. I learned just enough to teach somebody else. And then now I can master that skill. So now I volunteered to do all the other stations so I could learn those by teaching them. We can all teach somebody. There's, there's always somebody that knows less than we do. You don't have to wait to become some expert to do this. You shouldn't wait. You should start doing this right now. Again, we, we've modeled our new coaching and mastermind programs after this concept. If you need help in e any of these areas, you should be in the program. If you want to get better, if you have no problems whatsoever, you just want to get better at all these things, you should be in this program. You will have the opportunities to teach and give back. That's how we're going to run these programs. Okay. That's the plan. Eight steps. Those eight steps, if you execute them, will always make you successful. The only thing you need after you have that plan and you embrace that plan, the only thing you need then is time. I can't give you that. I, I've been talking about this downturn since 2017, trying to give people time. But that's all I can do. I can just try You've got to you've got to create the time and you've got to do this. But I promise you when you do, it will be life changing. OK, I want to close this keynote today with my favorite story. Stories are powerful. I've told this story many, many times. I've told it at many of my events. I've told it on the air. It's a great time of year to tell this story. I have told this story on uh, Thanksgiving weekend many times. I didn't make this story up. I first heard this story when I was listening to what were called seminars on tape back in the uh, 80s and 90s. This came from a, a seminar on tape program called Lead the Field by Earl Nightingale. If you can go find a copy of that somewhere, I don't know if they ever made it on CD. They may have. Um, I had a version on cassette. One of these days, maybe I'll go look for an old copy of this on eBay or something. Awesome program. I would love to listen to it today and see how I feel about it today. I, I listened to this when I was a young 20-something owner-operator struggling to figure out how to succeed. And I spent my time driving, listening to things like this, trying to learn. Earl Nightingale tells this story better than anybody I know. I, I, I've created my own version of the story. If you've heard my version, you've heard Earl Nightingale's, you go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. They didn't tell that story, right? They say it's true. Well, it, it, supposedly it's true. It, 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 for me, it's a parable. It's a teaching tool. So I, I kind of tweaked the story a little bit. Um, I have a shorter version that I'm going to give today. I've heard versions of the story up to um, a, an hour or more. So... Here's my version of Acres of Diamonds and what it means to me. The story Acres of Diamonds is set in the, I believe it's the late 1800s in South Africa. Uh, South Africa is where most of our diamonds come from. And this was kind of um, the beginning of that. They were really starting to discover a lot of acres uh, or a lot of diamonds and diamond mines in South Africa. At the time... 
there was a young farmer living in Africa, and I kind of related. Um, he had this farm. He was working hard. He was working a lot of hours every day, and he wasn't succeeding. He was really, really struggling. And he had tried just about everything, and nothing was working. Then he started reading all these accounts of people discovering diamonds, and a lot of it was, was kind of in his area, right where he was. And he thought, boy, if I could just discover diamonds, uh, my life would be so much better. But how can I possibly go look for diamonds? I don't have any money, and I'm, I'm struggling just to survive on this farm, so I don't even have any time. And I, I relate it. I, here I am with this truck, and I'm struggling, and I'm working long hours, and I don't seem to be getting ahead, and I'm not sure what else to do. So the farmer comes up with an idea. One day, just at this lightning bolt, I've got it. If I want to go discover diamonds, I have this farm. I can sell it. I can sell it, and then I'll have money, and I'll have time. I'll have money and time, and I can go discover diamonds. This is my plan. I'm going to change my life. And he sells his farm, and he sets out to find diamonds. And he searches, and he searches, and he searches, and he eventually runs out of money. And he's in total despair. He's thinking to myself, what have I done? I sold the only resource I had. I sold my farm so I could go find diamonds, and now I've failed. He was in such despair, he was going to commit suicide. He thought his life was over. Now I have nothing. So he's wandering around trying to decide what he should do, and he decides to check out his old farm. And he wanders back over to the farm, and he's just shocked. There's new fences, there's new buildings, there's a new house, a new barn, lots of animals. They all look healthy. And he thinks to himself, how is that possible? I tried everything. I failed. What, what could this new owner possibly have done different? So he knocks on the door. The new owner opens the door and recognizes him and says, come on in. He, he looks awful. He's tired. He's skinny. He's bedraggled. He's a mess. And he sits down on the couch and the, the, the original farmer says, I, I, I have to know, what did you do? How were you so successful on this farm? I tried everything. I worked so many hours, I could never get ahead. And the new owner said, well, after I bought the property, I decided that I needed to understand what I really had. So I spent several days just walking around the property and observing and really looking to see what I had here. And he walks over to the mantle and he picks up a stone and he throws it to the, the original farmer. And he said, I found a bunch of these on the property. And the old farmer said, well, yeah, the whole back corner where that stream runs through is just filled with these rocks. So what? And the new owner said, well, what I discovered, what I had was just about an acre of diamonds. That stone I just threw you is one of the largest diamonds ever discovered. Diamonds don't look like diamonds in the rough. Have you ever heard that term, a diamond in the rough? Because most people don't recognize it as a diamond. So what happened here? What happened? The original farmer sold an acre of diamonds so he could go look for diamonds and he had never taken the time to learn what he was looking for, what a diamond looked like. He, he, he would not have known it had he found them again, but he didn't need to find them. He already owned them. He owned his own acre of diamonds. 
And when I first heard this story, it was an incredible story. It's still an incredible story. But I wasn't sure what lesson I was supposed to get out of this because, again, I was stuck in that mindset of feeling sorry for myself. And my reaction was, well, that's a great story, but hell, I don't even have a farm. I can't sell anything. I don't own a farm. My business is worth nothing. In fact, it's probably got a negative value. I don't even own a home. I'm renting someplace. I'm broke. I don't have an acre of diamonds. So what the hell does this story mean to me? Well, like most good stories, it's not literal. It's a parable. It's an analogy. I will tell you this. The lesson of the story is that we all have an acre of diamonds. It's our job and our responsibility to figure out what that is. One of the phrases that I stole from Larry Winget, and I use it on my open and I'm going to bring it back. I used it on my open when I was on Sirius XM. I need to bring it back. Larry's phrase, discover your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. That is one way, one powerful way of finding your acre of diamonds. Now, I can help you with this. Sometimes our acre of diamonds might seem really, really basic. You might be in a place right now where you don't have something that is obviously an acre of diamonds. But you've got something and you start from that something and you build it. And here are some possibilities about what that something might be. First off, as much as I complain about this country, as much as I am pissed off about where we are in this country right now, I am still forever grateful that I won the lottery. I had nothing to do with this, but I got extremely lucky in being born in the United States, still the greatest country in the world, and I want to make sure it stays that way. There are so many countries in this world, had I been born into, I would never have the opportunity of starting my own business. We wouldn't be talking about any of this stuff because it wouldn't matter. That's big. That's big. Don't overlook that. How many of you would sell your eyesight for a million dollars? I hope nobody said yes. There's not enough money in the world for you to get any little piece of my health. Certainly not my eyesight. Hell no. Well, what about that? Isn't that something to be grateful for? Isn't that powerful? Isn't that a start alone that we live in a country with opportunities and we have our health? If you're still breathing and you're above ground, maybe that's where you need to start and be grateful for that and work from there. I was telling this story at the Dallas Truck Show one year. If you've ever been to the Dallas Truck Show, all the seminars are in the basement. They always have been. It's dark in the rooms. There's no windows, so it's all artificial light. I'm in the seminar room, packed seminar room. I'm finishing up my seminar, telling this story, and I, I am not exaggerating. I swear to you this happened. About 30 seconds after I made the statement or asked the question, would you sell your eyesight for a million dollars, the lights in the room went off. It was completely dark. I, was I had to stop moving because I, would, I was in danger of falling off the stage. If you've ever been to my presentations, I am a pacer. I walk the whole time. I walk right up to the edge of the front edge of the stage. So I stopped, and in my mind, I thought, 
oh, the guys over at the uh, running the, the sound and light board got clever. And I actually, I was kind of amazed. I'm like, what a great idea. They turned the lights off. Except I realized they didn't turn the lights off because they were scrambling around to try to figure out what went wrong. It turns off we popped a breaker down the hall um, and somebody finally figured it out and got it reset and got the lights back on. Um, it, I still get goosebumps thinking about that today. Um, that wasn't an accident. That was the opposite of the resistance. I had to stop and think. Certainly those were possibly my acre of diamonds. If I had to start from those, I would have started from there. But I wanted to dig a little deeper. I thought, I, I, I must have something else unique. I must have some resource in my life that I could consider my acre of diamonds and use it. And I, I really, really took time. And, I, you know, thinking about things like this can be hard work. But I took that time and I did it. And it came to me. And it was so obvious and ironic. I thought, Here, here's my acre of diamonds. I just sat here and listened to some of the most incredible information I've ever heard about being successful. The program cost me about 400 bucks. Dirt cheap, by the way. Back then, way back when. Still, 400 bucks to me was a lot of money, but it was dirt cheap. I learned the lesson about Acres of Diamonds listening to an audiobook while I drove. Audiobooks and learning constantly became my acre of diamonds. I would not be here without it. I would not have been able to help all of the people I have helped. I never met Earl Nightingale. He's dead. But I feel like that I was able to stand on his shoulders and reach even higher. We refer to that as standing on the shoulders of giants, learning from somebody, taking that message, stepping up on their shoulders and reaching even higher. I want to give you that opportunity now. I want you to take what I've learned and what I share and get on my shoulders and reach even higher. Let's take our neighborhoods back. Let's take our schools back. Let's take our country back. And let's take the trucking industry back. I am I'm sorry, but I still believe that my generation of drivers is one of the best that ever existed. We're still here. We're still kicking. It's time for us to give back to the industry. Find your acre of diamonds. Find your uniqueness. Exploit them in the service of others. I am so grateful for everything the trucking industry has given me. I am so grateful for our tribe. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. All right. That's the keynote. It needs a lot of work. I shortened it up and tightened it up a little bit because I think it needs that too. But I have some other stories I, I want to work back into it. I'd love to have some feedback. Um, I'm not going to open the phone lines yet. I still have a, a lot to do um, on this show right now. But I want you to be thinking about um, what I could do with that keynote. I'm going to work on it a lot. Um, when I have what I think is a new version, I'm going to come back and do this again. But I, I would I would welcome feedback, good and bad, by the way. Um, bad feedback sometimes can be far more valuable than good, but good feedback feels good too. So I could use a little feel good. 
Um, I'd love to get your feedback. Uh, it's very early. I like the overall theme. I like the overall flow. Um, I think I can make that much, much better. And that is the tool that I'm going to use to grow my influence in this industry so I can give back even more. So one of the things I want to talk about right now, I got to take a little drink. I've got some, I made a cup of bone broth at the beginning of that and I really didn't drink any of my throat's about to give out. Okay. What I want to talk about now are some of the incredible things that happened in a very short period of time. I pushed through the resistance and I was rewarded and you will be every time too many incredible things have happened to me since I left on this trip to not think that this is there there's this is happening for a reason I'm still having a hard time trying to get my head around this um you know, when David invited me to do the keynote, I've told you, I've said it enough times, I'm not really a keynote speaker. I'm going to stop saying that. I'm going to become an outstanding keynote speaker. I need to. I told David that if I'm going to be there for a three-day event, I want you to keep me busy. Whatever you need me to do, if it's helping in the background, that's fine. If it's, if it's um, contributing more to panels or breakout sessions, or you want me to speak about something else, I I'll do it. Just keep me busy. David kept me busy, really busy. Um, but they were incredible experiences. Um, I talked about the winners of the small trucking company. Um, we, there was also a, a, they have a great program for drivers of the year. And I, I was, uh, able to, be very active in that program. The second night, um, they had awesome concerts set up, by the way. Just incredible talent, a lot of fun. And we kicked the concert off by recognizing, I can't remember if there were 22 or 26 finalists for the driver of the year. If I rem I, I'm probably going to get these numbers all wrong, but I think together they had combined experience accident-free of like 72 million miles or some crazy number. Um, on that night, we were in, the, stu or in the, um, the arena, in this venue. From what I understand, um, I hate to say this when I'm in, Nashville and Chattanooga and Tennessee, and I'm talking to truck drivers. I, I, I'm, I've just never been a country music fan, but I can certainly appreciate their talent. And I guess this arena is, is famous. Lots of really, really big names have spent a lot of time on the stage because it's right there by the Country Music Hall of Fame. It's, it's part of it. So um, I got to meet... Some pretty incredible people, um, Kelly Lang and her husband, um, who is a kind of a legend in country music from the 80s and 90s. Oh, God, I hope I get his name right. I should have wrote this down. J.G. Shepard, I think. Somebody help me with that one. Darn. I forgot to write some notes about this part of the uh, my open today. Um, I believe he's had 21 number one hit songs. I got to meet them backstage. That was pretty incredible. I got to MC the first event of the night with Kelly. Um, and what it was, was each one of the 26 truck drivers, 22, whatever it was, that, that were nominated um, for 
E.G. Shepherd. E.G. Shepherd. Thank you, Angie. Um, would come down on stage with us, and Kelly and I would take turns asking them questions. And when we were going through the setup for this, they were saying, look, look, if things start to go long, you got to tighten things up. We have to finish this at 10 minutes to seven so we can kick off the concert and keep everything on track. And I was looking at how much time we had and how many truck drivers we had to talk to. And I said, that's not going to be hard. Um, you guys might be surprised. You're thinking truck drivers talk a lot and tell a lot of stories. That's not going to happen when they come up here. Truck drivers are introverts. And that's exactly what happened. We started getting these super short answers. I was op I was asking big leading questions and I was getting 15 second answers. And then they would just look at me and have nothing else to say. And I knew they were terrified. I know that feeling. So then I looked over to the sidelines, just kind of say, we are blowing right through these things. And they're looking at me, giving me the stretch, make it longer, make it longer. So Kelly and I had to kind of try to, you know, interact with them more and ask follow-up questions. And, and, and we were doing that, but it was, um, it, it was quite an honor to be up there. When I came in um, the first night and I sat down at the speaker's table getting ready to do my opening keynote, I sat down next to somebody I had no idea who they were. Everybody at the table was either getting up to do a presentation then or already had. Uh, so I, I met the, the um, guy sitting next to me at dinner, and it turned out to be the chief of staff for the um, Tennessee congressman from the 6th District, John Rose. And it's a pretty incredible encounter. I don't know a lot of politicians. I don't want to be all that political, but it is and can be a necessary part of business. So the connections are all important. But here's what, uh, here's what really surprised me. After him and I talked a little bit and, and I was getting ready to go up, he looked around the table and he was saying his goodbyes. He said he was really busy. He had to, he had to keep moving. And I, I got up and I was getting ready to say goodbye to him. And I was waiting for him to finish saying goodbye to the other people at the table. And he, he looked at me and he said, you're our keynote speaker? And I said, yeah, I'm going up now. And he said, I'm going to stay. That really shocked me. Um, and I had a short talk with him after because he really did have to go. But that was kind of, a, kind of an incredible event as well. Um, I can't thank David Owen enough, um, the founder and CEO of Nastic. He set up some incredible appointments and meetings for me. Um, I met with a lot of his business partners. I met with a guy who started the Trans Platinum Fuel Card right out of college. He was like 23 years old and he started Trans Platinum, which became Fleet One, which is now Wex Fleet One. What an incredible guy. I met a lot of really um, incredible people. David's staff and his team, unbelievable. The kind of loyalty, how long those people are, have worked there, how pleasant, happy everybody was. And it wasn't an act because David was around. I noticed this is just who they are and, and how they behave. They absolutely understand serving the customer. Um, I got to meet David's family. A lot of David's family is very active in the business. Just a, a wonderful group of people. Um, and they made me feel like family. <laughs> 
speaking of family, kind of a funny story here. I was walking around um, the Nastic offices meeting a lot of people, and I met, they, they introduced me to her. I met Amanda Rutherford. And of course, that's kind of funny. And she said to me, she said, oh my God, when I first started working here, she's really young. She's fairly new. Um, she said, when I first started working here, everybody said, oh, are you related to Kevin? And she said, I didn't even know who you were. Then I figured out who you were and it just wouldn't end. She said, I finally just gave in and starting telling, telling people you were my uncle. So just know some people think you're my uncle. And I said, that's all right. I'll, I'll keep up the ruse. I'll start referring to you as my favorite niece. Uh, it was just, a, just a, a, a great story. There were so many of those. Uh, it's also why I've been running on nothing but uh, ketones, caffeine, and adrenaline because um, David kept me busy at the event, after the event, meeting a lot of people. I'm really grateful. It, it was worth every bit of it. Um, I would, oh, the other thing I got to do, I got to spend a lot of time with some of our tribe members, some of our regulars. I really, really want to go through and name every one of them and thank them. I'm not going to because I am positive I would miss people and I don't want to do that. You all know who you are. Thank you. I really enjoyed that. Okay. There, there are so many stories I could tell about uh, of what happened with Nastic, um, what is still happening. I, I am going down. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to the Freight Waves conference starting tomorrow. I have a meeting with Craig Fuller, the CEO of Freight Waves tomorrow. I think uh, some really interesting things could come out of that meeting. Then I am heading down to Destin, Florida. David and his family have invited me down to uh, to unwind and do some debriefing. And then uh, it's going to be a working um, vacation. Um, start putting together some ideas on how we can synergize between our two companies and serve the industry even better. I'm excited about that. And then um, David asked me if I would attend the new entrant survival training that David still teaches himself once a month there in uh, Nashville. Uh, he invited me to come up and sit through that training, and it's December 8th. So as much as I really, really want to point this thing towards Oregon and get home, I miss Lisa, I miss Diesel, I miss the farm, I miss everybody. I'm setting big goals. That means I'm going to have to do big things. So I'm extending my road trip, and I'm going to stay out. I'm going to make the most of my time. I'm sure I'm going to head over to uh, um, to Alabama and spend some time with, uh, with Fleet Air Filters and David Counts, not that far from Destin. I have some other relationships I can go work on and uh, I'll just kind of hang around wander around the southeast until it's time to come back for that uh, December 8th training I'm going to miss Thanksgiving at home David's family has invited me to Thanksgiving dinner I certainly appreciate that um, so many things happened again I, I look back at, at some of the things and I think what are the odds if you would have asked me what are the odds that you would ever be coined by a member of the military and that member would be a SEAL team leader, a member of SEAL Team 6, an incredible human being? I would have said the odds are zero. I don't see how that would ever happen. I don't know any Navy SEALs. I don't know 
how I would ever meet any, couldn't imagine how it would happen, and it happened, and it had a huge impact on my life. Damn, I'm lucky. You know, I had so much more to say today. I, I am kind of starting to wind down and wear out a little bit. Um, I, I'm getting a little overwhelmed with, with all of it myself now that I've said it all out loud. And I haven't said it all out loud. I had about twice as much material. I knew I could only get out so much today. I will do more of this. I, I, I am going to ask for your help in, in developing that keynote. I think it will be a powerful tool. Um, but I want to make sure I leave enough energy to make the announcement. And actually, I have several announcements. But before I do that, I, I want to I recap what I've talked about today by telling you of all of those things that happened. Meeting celebrities, that's always fun. Meeting incredible business people. I, I'm a student of business. I always have been. Those stories fascinate me. To be able to meet some of these people that in, built just incredible businesses within our industry was, was such a joy for me. But if I had to pick the two people that I met during this that had by far the biggest impact on me, it was easy. It was hands down. I didn't even have to think about it. It was Don Mann, obviously. Everything I've talked about today came from Don's lesson about setting big goals and learning to embrace and live with the pain that it's going to take to achieve those goals. And the other person that made a huge impact on me was Bill Barlight, the small fleet owner, because he is the reason I do all of this. If it wasn't for you, my tribe, and the people out there that I want to reach, none of the rest of this stuff would matter. So by far, those were the two most important people. And we're going to have Bill on the show, by the way. Uh, I don't know when that's going to happen, but I invited Bill and he agreed. Uh, we might try to get some of his, his owner operators that he's teaching in as well. Uh, but I want to thank those two people. They had a huge impact on me as far as this goes. All right. So um, our announcement. Uh, this is obviously big for us and our team. I, I will probably get some of this wrong. I spent the least amount of time preparing for this. Um, the team has worked very, very hard on this. We will continue to put out information. This is, this is big for us as a company. Um, we lost SiriusXM. That was a huge hit to us. It changed our entire business model. Yes, we had plan B in the background, but you're, um, what is that? military phrase about uh i'm gonna butcher this but the best planning will fall apart the minutes the bullet starts flying you'll forget your entire plan when you get shot at we have a plan to give back to the industry to make an impact to make our industry a better place we will continue to share those details with you this is this will be an evolving program i promise you I need your help. We need your help. We can't do this alone. We are a very, very small company. I plan on staying that way. And because of that, we need even more help from you, the tribe, to pull off this mission, to, to reach these big goals that I'm going to set. And I'm going to uh, 
share some of those goals with you. In fact, before I get to our announcement, I want to share those goals. I just have to find those. It was one of the last things I worked on um, at about three o'clock this morning. Um, this will evolve. This will change and this will evolve. But these are. this is going to be the basis of my platform going forward. First off, I am a big, big believer in the only thing that will fix the problems we're facing today is education. We have to teach people how to be better, how to do better. We have to teach people how business works. There's so much we have to teach. I'd love to teach. So one of my goals is to create the ultimate comprehensive education program for drivers in this industry. Drivers who want to become owner-operators, owner-operators who want to grow a fleet, owner-operators who want to get their authority or get direct customers. I want to create that program. We, had a, we have a lot of resources and we are going to get back to that. I am going to spend a lot of my time teaching and that's why the coaching mastermind programs are going to be a big, big part of what we do and I need your help. Obviously, these programs are designed to help people that need help. They're also designed to create new leaders in our industry. Join me in these groups and become a leader. So here are the details of our first event. It's this week. Talk about putting a little more pressure on, but that's what you have to do if you are going to reach big goals. Um, I'm going to do this this week before I even get back off the road with everything we've else got we've got going on. We're launching this. The team has worked hard to get it to this point, and I'm not going to let them down, and I'm not going to let you down. Our first group coaching for health is November 9th. November 9th, that's three days. And those three days, I'm going to be at an event. So I don't think I'm going to get much more sleep this week. Please join me. November 9th, 3 p.m., we will have details, signups, everything on the website. Um, we'll get information out. But we are launching that this week. That's one of our announcements. The other announcement is we are releasing our membership subscriptions. So let me get to those details because these are the kind of things I don't try to memorize. So we, um, when, when we lost Sirius... We lost a big resource. We lost, we did not have to do a whole lot of marketing. We didn't have to do a whole lot of sales. Sirius brought us new listeners constantly. We don't have that anymore. Now, I love what we have. I love the fact that I don't have to do commercials. I could never have done a show like this right here on Sirius. I wouldn't have been able to do it with all the commercials. I am committed. This show will not have commercials. This show works much better and it's much more powerful without commercials. And we're going to keep it that way, but we have to have revenue. It's been over two years. We are struggling to get our revenue numbers back where they were. And that's our fault. We, we didn't give you 
the opportunity to help us. Now, we, we have our store. You've been wonderful. That's helped. If we're going to grow this bigger, we need to give you more opportunities to help us and support us. And that's what the subscription model is. We've put a lot of time and effort into this, um, and I want to outline kind of what we're doing here. So the two tribes have already been combined. That is now completed. There is now one tribe, the Let's Truck tribe. It has all of our resources, trucking, health, financial, food, all of it in one place for one subscription. We're actually making something cheaper in a time of crazy inflation. You used to pay $3 a month for healthy tribe, and you paid $3 a month for trucking tribe. Going forward, you will pay $3 a month for both. We're not combining them. We're cutting your price in half and giving you twice as much value or more. I'm not going to go into the details. Our tribe care team will be announcing how you make this transition. If you've already paid for trucking tribe, we are going to give you credit for any unused months you still have when you convert over. Our, our, our tribe care team will take care of that. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the details. Here are the new subscription programs we are launching today. $3 a month gives you access to the tribes. All of it now for just $3 a month. We just cut your membership in half. You know, I look at that $3 a month as, as, a, as a way to, it does a couple things. It, one, it keeps the riffraff out of our social media sites because you have to use a credit card and every, now we know who everybody is. It changed all of that overnight. That was the reason we did it. That was the reason we made it $3. It's still the biggest reason I want to offer that program. It's also a way to get somebody in very cheaply and say, this is what we do. I really, really am going to start asking for your help right now. I don't ask often. I've, I've been getting this question since the first day I was on the air. What can we do to help? You help so many people. What can we do to help you? I am not good at asking for help. I need to get better. I need your help. If I'm going to reach big, big goals in this industry, I need your help. I, I'll tell you real quick. It, it, I think it stems from a lesson I learned in the book, The Seven Habits. It's called, it's, a, it's called the emotional bank account. The idea is that when you build relationships in business, you should make as many deposits into that relationship as you can. You give into the relationship. And those deposits build up like a savings account. And then when you need help, you can draw out of that savings account by asking for some help in those relationships. I'm, I'm like a hoarder. I'm like a miser when it comes to this concept. I give and give and give and give, and I, I fill up that emotional bank account, and I'm really bad at asking for help. I don't want to spend my time on the air trying to sell to you. I want to take my time on the air to help as many people as I possibly can. So I'm going to take this time right now to say, I need your help. I'm asking for it, and I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. If you're not a member at $3 a month, please join at $3 a month and convince as many people as you can to join at $3 a month. 
If you're a member at $3 a month, please consider our next level, which is still incredibly inexpensive. It's $9 a month, nine extra dollars. So on top of the three, so $12 a month, a month, $12, you are going to get access to all of our courses. We are all of our, what used to be Let's Truck University. I, I, I actually made an error earlier. I said we combined two sites. We combined three, Healthy Tribe Trucking Tribe and Let's Truck University. At $12 a month, you get access to all of our current courses, which includes Stop Holding the Steering Wheel. That is a $200 plus course. You're going to get access to this $12 a month. Our, our most popular course of all time, Keto Jumpstart. You get access to that. Metabolic Syndrome, the Fuel Tax course. I could go on and on and on. You get access to all the courses for just $12 a month. And any new course we develop over time, you will have access to. Not only is it just $12 a month, you only have to commit one month at a time. Sign up for a month, work through a bunch of courses, quit. You got courses for $12 a month. I can't think of a better value. But I would encourage you just to consider your $12 a month and keep it there month after month. It helps us tremendously. I can't tell you how much a subscription like this that we know we can count on and I don't have to constantly sell you on. It will be a game changer for us. I know, I know I have tribe members that are going to step up and do this. And I also need you as tribe members to share this with as many people as you can and get them to sign up. Now, I really, really want some people to think about stretching. I talked earlier, best investment I ever made, $25,000 into education with Tony Robbins. I wouldn't be here if I didn't do it. Our next level is the $3 plus $72 a month. That gives you access to everything in the other two programs, all the courses, all of our resources, all of our protocols, everything on the websites, plus one of the coaching programs, either business or health. I, I, I just thought that I, I don't know if we've even addressed that yet. So we, I may have to find out some more details on exactly how that part will work. So $72, $75 a month um, is going to get you access to everything we offer, including the group coaching and the mastermind concept. And again, you're only committed for a month. If you have a problem in your business and you want to sign up, sign up. If we solve it in a month and you want to quit, quit. We, we don't want to just lock somebody into some subscription so that they keep paying us when they forgot they even have it. You can stop and start anytime you want. But I really want to encourage people, if you also not only want to improve your business, but you want to give back and improve the industry, this is a great place to start. Join me in this mastermind group. Help me help other people learn while you're teaching. Now I know this is a, a, a pretty big price tag, $75 a month. I get it. I promise you, I will do what I always do. I will work to make sure 
you get 10 times more value than what you paid for. You know, I've got one more story here. When David invited me to speak, and I I told the story the other night, my presentation about um, when David and I were talking and somehow that my last presentation came up, that that thing I did with the insurance group in in, um, Memphis and Nashville. I think it was because we were in Nashville I was talking about it. And I said to David, um, you know, I really didn't want to do that keynote they invited me to do. So rather than just tell them no, I gave them what I thought was a really big price tag. And if they were willing to pay it, I would go do it. And I was shocked because they were willing to pay it. So I did it. And David said, so what's a big price? And I thought, he's asking that for a reason. So I told him, and he's later on in the conversation, he, um, he said, so if I wanted you to do the keynote at our conference, all I have to do is pay you X, right? You said that was what you would consider a big price. And then I realized why he asked that question. I think I got out negotiated there. So I said, of course, David, I said, that was the price. And if you want me to do a keynote, I will come and do it. And he agreed and he paid that price. Here's the secret. Don't tell David this. I would have done it for less just because I really wanted to come to this conference. So maybe that was a a real win-win. Now, after David accepted that and we, you know, shook hands, I doubt that we had a contract. Neither David and I do a lot with contracts. I don't think we did. Um, We agreed on it. They paid the price. I didn't stop there. I went back to David and I said, David, keep me busy. So where I accepted a certain amount of money to do a very specific job, I made sure that I gave David seven or eight times more value than what he was paying for. I did every event he asked me to do. Remember, it's about providing more value to your customers than anybody else can do. All right, we do have a special on this last level of service. Um, I'm not positive on the details of this. I don't know if this special counts only for your first year. It might actually count forever. I'll find out here in a second. So here is the special. $72 extra, $75 a month is how you're going to get into our highest level. Um, The program that we really, really want to build, this program has so many benefits. I've missed a bunch of them. We will be talking about it more. If you sign up in the first month, meaning we're launching today, we're not going to try to pressure you. We're not going to say you have to sign up in the next three hours. This is too important. I want you to think about this, but we want to offer you something we think is is special. We want to get more people into this group. The more people that are in this group, the more we can accomplish. And I need your help. You will, If you sign up in the first month, you're going to get it all for 52 additional dollars. 52. And like I say, I will I will check to see if that is a one-year thing or if that is a lifetime thing. I'm just not positive on that right now. Um, as long as you, here's what I'm hearing. If you sign up right now in the next month, I'm not trying to rush you. 
If you sign up in that initial month with the $52 special, as long as you stay in the program for the rest of your life, you'll pay $52. If you cancel and come back, it'll be $72. That's, that's what we're launching today. I have so many notes here. Um, I am starting to really kind of wind down. Uh, I do want to leave time for questions, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to open the phone lines right now. Phone lines have been closed. I'm going to open those right now. I would love to hear your feedback. I have one more big announcement that I'm going to make, but I'll open the phone lines so we can start talking about this. They're open right now. I've been saying for a long time that this industry needs leaders. I've even said that, um, that I wouldn't be one of those leaders. And the reason I said is I don't think I would make a good leader. And after meeting Don Mann and being coined by a Navy SEAL and then thinking about my 40 years in this industry and hearing Don's message that I need to set bigger goals, I need to step up, I need to learn how to embrace the pain I'm going to stop making excuses about this leader thing. I've said, I, you know, I just don't make a good leader. It's not my personality. That's a cop-out. It's an excuse. I didn't want to do it because I know it's really, really hard to be a good leader. And I didn't want to take on that pain. I didn't want to take it on and potentially fail. I have to stop doing that. I have to step up in this industry. And I need to become a leader. I need to stop saying it's not my personality. It's not what I do. I need to stop making excuses. The owner-operator world needs a leader. It may sound egotistical, but I can't think of anybody else who should lead them more than myself. I know that's a big commitment. It means I'm going to have to travel. It means I'm going to have to go out and build relationships. It means I'm going to have to go out and look for more partners. It means that it's not time for me to go take it easy on the farm. That was a hard decision to come to. But I realized the miracle already happened. We have the property. We have the rest of our life on that property. Now is not the time. I don't know how that's going to work. I told you earlier, Lisa and I have not had a chance to talk about this. She's hearing all of this for the first time. Some of this might change when her and I get a chance to really think through this and figure out. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to put a lot of thought into this. I already have. Lisa has to be a part of this. We'll figure out a way that we can still enjoy the farm. We've got lots and lots of time. But I, I, I need to step up. I need to become a leader in this industry, and it's not going to be easy. At the same time, I want to increase the amount of time I'm working with the people in this industry. That's what I do best. So that also means I've got to lean on my team even harder to do more so that I can do more. And we're going to do that, but I need your help. I don't ask for it often. One of the resources we could use, we're, we are a very small company. We could use cash. I, I'm just going to be honest about it. We need cash. If, if we are going to create big things, it takes money. 
it's a way for you to give back and be a part of this. I don't ask often. I don't want to ask often. I don't want to turn the show into a big sales pitch all the time. In fact, I don't want to do it at all. I want to keep the show for, for what it's best at. I want to keep the show for helping people and creating a better trucking industry. And the best way for me to do that is to get you involved right now, get you on one of our subscription programs so we know what resources we have available coming in. So I'm asking, please give me your business. Trust us, and I promise you, I will return that to you with 10 times more value. I will do the hard work. I will dig deep, and I'm going to step up and, and... be a leader in this industry and make it a better place. Um, with that, I, I am. Uh, <clears throat> I should probably sit back down. Uh, I'm going to go to the phones. Um, I'm going to go to Oregon. Mike, welcome to the program. Uh, Hello. Oh, oh, there you are. Go ahead. Welcome. Hi. Is this Kevin? It is. Hey, Kevin. This is Mike. How you doing? I'm doing great. What uh, What yeah. is on your mind today? Well, I have kind of probably a little bit of a unique question uh, for you that you don't normally get. I've been a casual listener off and on over the years since the satellite radio days. And uh, so let me give you a little bit of background on my story. So for um, the last uh, 14 or so years, I've been a uh, LTL line haul driver for a regional carrier and a great job. Um, I know you used to be in the LTL segment at one time, so you kind of... I understand that yeah. uh, part of the trucking business. Anyway, um, after 14 years of doing that job, had a bid run, super happy with the company. Then COVID hit and the school shut down and things got kind of crazy. And my wife and I sat down and had a, had a little chat and we want to do what was in the best interest of our kids. The schools were shut down. They were young. It was going to be more or less a homeschool situation. Putting family first, I stepped away from my job, which was hard because I'd put so many years into the pension, had early retirement options, and I kind of had to give some of those options up. Long story short, anyway, but kids came first. Uh, Fortunately, my wife has a very good job and uh, I don't really need to work. I like to work, but I don't need to work. Oh, nice. And uh, so I took two years, became a stay-at-home dad and homeschooler and all that. That was an interesting experience. Well, as you know, in the truck industry, you need to keep yourself uh, in the loop as far as verifiable experience. And I was a little nervous being out for two years that, um, you know, that I, if I ever had to go back to work, I'd basically be starting from scratch. I had a matchable driving record, 20 plus years in the experience, a perfect work record, yada, yada, yada. I didn't want to lose all that. So I told my company, I was like, Hey, I'd like to come back for you extra board. You know, I don't want to make a big commitment. Don't want any bid runs. Just when you need an extra guy, fill in, I'm your guy. And that's worked out great. We've been doing that for two years. Here's where my question comes in for you is uh, my kids are getting older. They're a little more self-sufficient. And I kind of would like, I've been a truck driver for, as I said, 25 ish years. I would like a new challenge. Well, my company just happened to not have any sales reps in our particular area. We're not a hub terminal. We're an outlying terminal into the spoke, so to speak. And I got thinking, I was like, you know what? I'm 45 years old. It's time to do something different. You know? And I, I talked to my, my, my manager. I was like, Hey, you know what? 
I'm interested in maybe doing some sales, you know, well, what do you think? You know, we don't have anybody in this region, you know, and he was receptive to the idea. He went up the chain of command. It's a fairly small company. So everybody kind of knows everybody and they were very receptive to it. And uh, so basically what this all boils down to is I, is I'm looking at getting myself into a sales position. My question to you is I know you're a big advocate of self-education and uh, I've been getting the audio books, you know, Dale Carnegie, uh, make friends and, uh, and that, you know, that win, book, friends, and then, uh, win friends and influence people. An absolute classic. It's about 80 years old now. Exactly. I got that book. And basically I went down to Dave Ramsey recommended reading and picked the books out that I felt was applicable to me. And I've been listening to them on audible as I do my extra board wine hall runs. I was just curious, given my set of circumstances and today's been important. Um, I just heard a big thunk in the coach, which means my transfer switch just switched over from shore power to inverters. And unfortunately, when it happens, everything shuts off and I have to wait to get it all rebooted again. I am positive it's the resistance fighting back. I believe I'm back. Let me make sure we are broadcasting. It looks like we are. I can hear you so everybody else should be able to hear you. And if I... um if I got all that, your question is about a book to help you in this new venture or books. Is that correct? Yes. I know that you're a big advocate of self-education and, uh, you know, and I want to prepare myself the best I can. Now, I'm going to be set up with a sales rep and he's going to train me. So, I'm, you know, they're, they're, the company is working to train me, but I'd like to do extra. You know, I want to be hitting the books that I that, you know what I'm saying? I want to prepare myself the best I can. So Congratulations. What do you got All right. Believe it or not, you've already got the first one. Anybody that's interested in sales, the first book they should read is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Excellent book, so listen to it again. Um, the next one has nothing directly to do with sales, but every skill you will learn in this book will make you incredible at sales. You will very seldom see anybody say, oh, this is a great book on sales. I think it might be one of the best. Because here's the thing. If you want to be really good at sales long term, it's not necessarily all that stuff you're going to be taught in a lot of these sales courses. A lot of the stuff you're, you're going to be taught, I hate to say it, but a lot of it is going to be manipulative. It's, it's things that teach you how to convince somebody to buy, how to manipulate people sometimes to get them to buy. And I'm not going to say that stuff doesn't work. It does. But I take a longer term approach to this. I, I skip all the hype and, oh, you know, use this Jedi mind trick and you'll double your sales. I, I stay away from that stuff. You sell you sell long term by proving to your customers that you will bring more value to them than anybody else will. That's how you sell. But you got to get in the door. I get that. So, sure, um, learn some of those things, and I'll give you some books on those. But one of the books that I absolutely believe makes people the most long-term effective salesperson because it teaches them so many strategies that you can use to bring more value. That's what this should be all about. It should be about the customer. How do we bring value to them? So once we do that, we don't even have to sell anymore. So the seven habits of highly effective people. 
in my mind, may be one of the best sales books of all time since it's not even a sales book. Never even talks about selling. But if you master those seven skills, you've got it. The other author I would tell you to listen to, and he's got so much material that I don't even normally recommend a, um, a specific book, would be Zig Ziglar. Um, you know, one of the lessons from Zig Ziglar, probably the most important that I've ever learned is what I'm working on right now. It's what I always work on. It's what these new programs are all about. It's why I'm asking for the business now. I'm asking for the sale. I don't do that very often. Zig has a quote, and I, I always kind of butcher it, um, but it, it's really stuck with me, and it's I think about it every day, and it's what I built the, this business on, and we're going to continue to do this because it works. I can promise you it works. I'm living proof of it. I am, I, honestly, I'm so blessed. Sometimes I, I, I just wonder how it happened. But it, it happened because I lived this. I lived this one thought. I mean, I look around at everything I have right now, the opportunities, the resources, the friends, the business partners, and, and I think to myself, I, I don't even deserve all of this. But Zig Ziglar said something that really, really stuck with me. He said, if you want everything you want in life, all you have to do is help more people get what they want. So I, I just wake up every day and I do that and I focus on it and it works. And think about that in sales. Approach sales not from, I got to sell this guy to reach my quota. Approach sales from, how do I help him do what he does better? And almost 99% of all the salespeople I know focus on their benefit of making the sale. I get another bonus. I get a bigger commission. I make more money. I look good to the, they focus on, and all the sales competitions all focus on this. And there's very little focus on serve the customer, help them get what they want. If you help enough people get what they want, you'll get everything you want. I hope, I really hope, I've focused on it for decades now. I've, I hope, and we're, we're going to find out soon, that I have helped enough people and provided enough value that, that now I have to go back to that emotional bank account and hope that this works. And we'll see. And I, I'm confident that it will. I, I'm positive we're going to have an outpouring and we're going to get people to come in and support us and we can continue that mission. So... Um, how to win friends and influence people, the seven habits and anything by Zig Ziglar. Okay. Yeah. I actually, I'm a fairly good student, I think, cause I actually have Zig Ziglar's secret of closing the sale. And as you were doing the quote, I finished the quote in my head before you finished it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Help others people get what they, uh, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not only the secret to, to success. It's a secret to sales. That should be the essence of sales, and yet most sales books and most sales programs never even touch on that concept. Right. Okay. Well, great. Well, I already have those in my library. I have notes. I have a notebook. So as I as I listen, I make notes in my notebook, you know, when I'm on lunch or whatever. So, yeah. So it looks like I'm into some good material. Um, and one other question that I had for you, just it's a general question sure. about the world I'm about to step into. There any other advice you could give me the book issue aside um, any other thoughts yeah don't 
don't fall prey. Now, I want you to go out and continue your education. You find other books on sales, you find sales programs, take them. Absolutely. Always keep in mind that, again, 99% of the, the material I see on sales is all very self-centered. How do you, and I hate to keep using this word, but a lot of this stuff is how do you manipulate people to, get, to buy from you? Don't get hooked on that part of it. It's quick. It, I, I will tell you, there's some stuff out there that really, really works, but it's not going to get you where you want to be. What gets you to where you want to be, it's just not the fast way, is to really focus on serving that customer. That's what sales are all about. You're trying to get a customer. And, and if, you're, if your focus is always on serving that customer, then you can use some of those Jedi mind tricks in a better way. Do you, do you see the difference? I, I'm not saying those things don't work. They work. But too many salespeople stop at the Jedi mind tricks and the manipulation, and that becomes their whole career. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, no, no, I've, I've actually skimmed a few other books, kind of the most recent books have come out. And, and yeah, I kind of get what you're saying there. I kind of, that little spidey sense kind of went off in my mind. I'm like, listen to this. I'm like, you know, I don't know, but it's a little bit too manipulative is, and maybe right. more disingenuous. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It, 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 you, you almost start to understand where, and I hate to, you know, disparage used car salesmen because some of them are real people and they're real good. But it, it's almost where that slimy kind of used car salesman feel comes from. Right. Or my story earlier, recruiters. You know, all that recruiter who, who you know, changed my life. And I don't know, maybe it was in a good way. Maybe I should go back and thank him. I, I really did want to be a helicopter pilot, though. Um, all he did was think about himself and his quotas. He wasn't looking out for my best interest. He didn't care about serving me. I was his customer. He didn't care about serving me, though. He just looked out for, for his best interest. And that's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see you down that path. And too many of the books and the, the programs do a lot of that. Okay. Any, right. well, anything hey, else? Uh, I appreciate no, no, no. Th th those were the main things. I just wanted to pick your brains about the your brain about the book and uh, make sure I was in some good information. It sounds like we're on the same track as far as the you know the book thing. And uh, yeah, and I appreciate the words of wisdom. I know you've had to do a lot of hustling in your life, so that's why I wanted to reach out to you because you've been in the trenches. <laughs> Thank you, and I want to hear back from you soon. Yeah. Let me know how this is going. Let's uh, let's go to Oklahoma, Paul. Good morning. Howdy. What's on your mind today? Um, oh, a couple of things now, but uh, so I've been in and out listening today, so I haven't heard it. I'll have to go back and listen to the whole show, I think. But, but I'll definitely sign up for your $12 a month because I can get way more than that value-wise out of it. So, Thank you. Um, and I think you are a leader. Well, you are to many of us, so... Because my business would not be where it is now if I hadn't have found you and started paying attention. So I'm glad for that. Well, I, I appreciate that. Thank um, you. Um, a friend of mine, he's from New Zealand, but I didn't know him till I met him over here. He came over and drove for the same company I drove for when I first came. And he became a U.S. citizen about six months before I did. And he's, he was 68 years old, 
And a couple of months ago, been trucking all his life, just like me. A couple of months ago, he did his DOT physical, got a two-year card, and last Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it was, the second, whatever day that was, he was out trucking and doing his usual run, and he, he was on an ELD, he didn't run stupid crazy, probably did 25, 2600 miles a week, and he lay down on his sleeper break, and he did not wake up. Oh. He died in his truck. But I believe it was probably a vaccine-related incident because when he took the COVID shot, the original one, yeah, he he suffered for about a month. He he was kind of lethargic and tired and lacking energy, but he kept on. And then he took a booster, and uh, he seemed to be all right. But he, the other night, he lay down, went to sleep, and he didn't wake up. So, yeah. and he just <sighs> yeah. within the last month, you know, he just passes. There's plenty of people that don't have. You don't have to be 100 percent healthy to pass a DOT physical. Yeah, but you got to be halfway decent to get a two-year card. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, I um, I read a story about a driver the other day, and I thought it's vaccine. It just is. Look, I know people have always died. They die. It happens, but not in these kinds of numbers. They just don't. Yeah, it's it's. I, well, uh, I, I certainly hope at some point this all comes out. Yeah, well, New Zealand didn't have a lot of actual COVID deaths, but they've had. I'll guarantee they've had more COVID COVID vaccine related deaths because a couple of the trucking groups I'm I'm on over there every week. There's oh lights on. RIP for so and so driver, young old healthy, unhealthy, what they they dropping like flies over there because they push that vaccine and they still trying to push that crap. So Yeah. It's, so my it's, advice to people my advice to people over here, particularly if you were vaccinated, make sure you got a will and make sure all your stuff is in order because it makes it easier for the people that are left behind. And you might want to check with a cardiologist. Yeah, that too. So yeah. So but it's always good to be prepared for what's right. going to eventually happen. But yeah, hopefully you get to be an old cranky old fart and be yes. annoyance to people in your old age, maybe. I agree. Yeah, that's a good so, goal. That's right. Yeah, so that's all I got today. So all right, I'll listen to the replay. That's so I can all get I the need. Whole story, thanks. But thank you for the support. Yeah. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Ryan, welcome. Kevin, are you meaning to tell me I paid all this money to go to this conference and take this time off, and I could have just listened to your keynote for free today? Well, well, yeah, but my keynote was only a (laughs) tiny little part of the whole conference. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I know. Um, What a fantastic event. It was. Um, Yeah, yeah. Nastic and David Owen, they know how to party. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, they do. Wow. And and I got to meet uh, I got to meet your lovely bride. You did, yes. And uh, she, oh, oh, that's great! I'm getting pulled into a way station. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, you may have to call us back. I guess. Uh, I might. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. They pull you around back, or just running you know, over the scales? I do need an inspection. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I do need an inspection because none of these brokers are work work with me because I don't have one. 
<laughs> but now's your chance. Uh, all right, we're good. We're good. All right. So there we go. Got the green light. So yes, um, got the green light. So I'm I'm so glad that I brought my wife and that she got to meet you. Um, she was very impressed with you as a person and uh, always had it in her head that, you know, you're this arrogant guy on the radio that doesn't have the time of day for us little people. And uh, and and she absolutely does not feel that way now. And, uh, um, yeah, networking-wise, uh, you know, you always talk about three to five brokers. Well, there were four vendor brokers at the conference, um, and I need to do some some more work with that. But uh, uh, the tribe was definitely uh, represented this year, but maybe next year um, I got to meet uh, car hauler Mark and uh, and Wojtek with a W. And uh, um, yeah, it, it was very humbling to be around um, a, a lot of small and not so small fleet owners. Um, we were definitely in the minority as single truck operators, and uh, it was uh, it was definitely um, humbling to be uh, sharing a dinner table and, and and drinks with yourself and Bruce and uh, Bill and Joe Rockovitz and Henry Albert and his wife and uh, um, yeah, a lot of incredible people were there. Pretty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I and I did get to thank most of the speakers, um, except you. I uh, I didn't uh, tell you you did a wonderful keynote, and thank you for everything you do and for being our leader. And uh, and I and uh, I, I should have notes, um, but uh, <laughs> well, thank you. The, the, thank the twelve dollars is yeah, the twelve dollars is a no brainer. Uh, I'll have to think about the next level. Really, the biggest thing is uh, I, I'm afraid of being challenged. <laughs> yeah, and, but, and, uh, and you, you know, here, yeah, here's I, here's the way that program can go. Um, it, it is group coaching, so everything is going to be done in front front of other people. I will help anybody in one of those programs with anything they have, and I will stick with them until we solve it. But it's got to be done in the group because then everybody benefits from it. But it will also be really easy if people just want to sit back and listen and and uh, support us that way. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not going to pick people and call them out and say, you've got to do this. Now, if somebody steps up and wants help, sure, I'm going to challenge them. Um, but it'd also be easy to sit in the background if you choose to. Right. Um, I think I speak for a lot of the tribe in saying we've we've been begging to give you twelve dollars a month, I know. three dollars a month. Y- you have, you really and have. Serious, uh, uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and I know you still have serious, but honestly, <laughs> the only reason I had it was to listen to you. So I got rid of it. And uh, and yeah, what, again, the networking. I've been listening to you for going on 14 years now i think and uh and i've been one of bruce's vendors as a remote tuner for i don't know five or so years and uh you know we've had conversations and uh and and i and i'm sorry i interrupted your prep for your keynote uh, (laughs) as you were pacing (laughs) and uh yeah it it was just funny because you said no one no one will see me before i walk on stage and uh, 
Kevin, is that you? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's a story behind that. I didn't that even one. bother to introduce myself. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, I knew who you but were. But I, I, I mean, I obviously. You knew, who I, and then when I and, and I didn't know if you knew who I was. Yeah, of course I, I came did. to your CMC in 2016, and that was a while ago. And so this is only the second trucking event I've been to, and they were both amazing. And uh, are they roughly the same size? Would you say the events? Um, the CMC in this event? Yeah, um, pretty close as far as attendance. We had a. You know, we had 400 people at our last event. I'm not sure how many people were that. It felt about the same size as far as people go. Our vendor area was bigger, um, and we went longer. I mean, we had five days, but but size-wise, right. as far as attendance, they're pretty close. Yeah, so that, that really, Nastic is obviously a much larger company. So for you guys to do what, what you did with the CMC is pretty amazing. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was uh, it was pretty surreal to actually uh, have some time. I'm an introvert, and I'm I'm not the one that's going to stand in line and stare at somebody for thirty so, minutes to you know. <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, so it was pretty amazing to get to sit down with Bill and and each other. So now that I have met your wife. Um, I'm pretty sure she's not an introvert, and she is quite the dynamo. Uh, yeah, uh, she she is an introvert, but but it, she's I guess less introverted. Yeah, and uh, you know, open bars help. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Was she drinking? I didn't think she was. I mean, I did. There were some people that came up, talked to me. They were they were well into the free bar. Um, <laughs> I did. I mean, your yeah, wife to me yeah. didn't seem like she had been drinking, but she was. She was pretty straightforward, and she told me what she thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that'll that'll come out. We call we call that the family curse going away. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So uh, I guess I guess I'll stop rambling. But uh, absolutely, uh, we, we need you to keep leading us in this industry, and and that middle tier I think is a no brainer for most of us, and uh, certainly worth uh, thinking about the top tier there and. Uh, Wow. We also a great time. we also need to um, and the team will work on this now that we've got it launched. We can go back and really uh, think through some of this. We need a really good referral program. We've got to grow this, and and you are our best tools to grow it. We've got to make that worth everybody's time. So um, we will come up with a good referral program so that we can spread this. You know. You, I've got big goals. I'm going to set even bigger goals. And I, I realize I can't keep doing it on my own. Um, and like you said, the tribe wants to help. They've been begging to help. We we haven't given them the opportunity to help. So um, we changed that starting today, and we're going to continue to add to that. And, uh, Brian, it was fantastic spending time with you and your wife. And it was a great event. And uh, I'm just looking forward to more of it. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Missouri. Jim, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin, for all you do. You are 
definitely a leader. He's not going to become one. You are one right now. Um, helping us with all uh, the trucking questions, health questions. That's my big thing is help. I'm a company driver, so the trucking end of it, I listen to the mechanics and all that stuff. So I can talk to our mechanics and they won't look at me like I'm stupid. Right. I'm telling them what's wrong with the truck. But the help end is what I'm really after. A couple, three years ago, I lost 15 pounds in three weeks. And I lost a few more pounds in the next month. And then life happened. We had family stuff. Not bad things, good things. It's just, and I haven't been able to get back. And I need something to push me. And I also want to get my wife hooked on this. Excellent. The, uh, the, the health health group coaching and, and mastermind would be the program for both of you. Yeah, I, I just, I just appreciate all you've done. Um, I was sick when Syria, you know, I was sick and pissed and Syria's cut you off because uh, they're stupid, but that's okay. I have hey, some tips. You know what? Um, I, I, I think at some point we're all we're all gonna thank, um, as crazy as it sounds, both Chris in Delaware and uh, and SiriusXM for for pushing me off of my comfort zone and forcing me to create what we're creating. Yeah. It's going, you know. He, here's another goal I have with all of this. I have a lot. I'm going to set some really big goals. I outlined some of them. Um, here's another one. I am going to create the trucking channel that Syria should have created and never did. Yeah. Good. Good. I, I listen to you guys. I've listened to you for a long time. I started driving a truck professionally a month and a half before my 63rd birthday. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, I plan, I, I plan on doing this until they have to drag me kicking and screaming or with my boots pointed up, one of the two out of this truck. There you go. Um, and uh, I, I enjoy it. I've loved it. I farmed for 25 years for, for the government for 17, and I'm doing my dream job right now. Fantastic. So thank you so much for all you do. And uh, I'm going to start looking at those levels when we can. When we can. And, and uh, because I've been on the $30, $30 year plan that you started that. So... Thank you. I, I plan on looking into that. I appreciate everything you've done, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you for your support. I appreciate it. Let's go to Louisiana. Brandy, welcome. Indiana. What's that? Indiana. Indiana. Not Louisiana. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Close enough. Well, anyway, uh, well, yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, listen to your regular listener to Rush. Rush always said words mean things. And when you use the word I can't, it comes out really loud. And you defeat yourself right off from the bat. So you use the words I will and, you know, and, and nothing agree. can stop you. So you, when you say I no speaker, you've already defeated yourself. Now that you've, somebody has told you you can, and then you defeat that. Yes. And I just think there's power in what you say and even what you don't say just just an observation and you know listening to your keynote off radio here sounded emotional at at the top you can actually feel it come through the radio 
And um, at the end, it kind of lost me, but you say you're, you're working on it, and that's just my initial feedback. Yeah, uh, it is emotional, like, right now for a lot of reasons. It's a... Um uh, um, honestly, one of the biggest emotions I'm feeling right now is crazy as it might sound is just fear. Can I do this? Can I pull this off? Do I have what it takes to step up and set those kind of big goals? Um, the other strong emotion is just, just gratitude that I have the opportunity to try. I think I can. Um, after listening to Don, I, I, I can. Um, so it is emotional. The other reason it, it's probably more emotional is just, like I said, I, I'm, I'm running on fumes. Um, sleep has been almost non-existent. Yeah, you can hear it. Yeah. Um, you can hear it. So that always tends to amplify the emotions a little. Right. Yeah. It should be interesting after you get your rest and that you will you be able to keep that same energy. Yeah. That you're pushing through right now under yeah. fume. Yeah, I have been um, a very, very strict carnivore and doing a lot of fasting, and um, I think that's what's getting me through. Uh, and it's probably going to be at least, right. at least another week um, or more before I really get a chance to rest. I've got an event. I've got this weekend I'll be spending with David. I've got... I don't know what I'll do then. I mean, when I when I leave David's place, I don't know where I'm going yet, but that might just need to be someplace quiet on the beach. I don't know. Um, and just take some time and, and reflect and, and get ready to, to launch these big goals. Right. Well, you got me as my as a 12-year or $12. Um, I called the Morgan. He said, give me the number, and I will call, and I will start that today. And I am, like the other caller, thinking about going to that next. Kind of wondering what's in it, but you say you'll tell us as the weeks go, but I'm interested. Well, I, I, I can kind of tell you what it's going to be like. It's not going to me, to be me doing a lot of teaching. So it's not going to be like you're going to tune in and you're going to listen to me talk for two hours like I just did today. It's going to be me helping individuals solve their specific problems within the group. So whoever wants to step up first is going to say, I have no idea how to get started trying to buy my first truck. And I'm going to start working with them directly. And the next person might say, um, I, I've done well with my one truck. I'm ready to add a truck and I'm going to start working with them. And somebody might say, I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm leased to a carrier. I want to get my own authority and I'm going to help them directly. And everybody's going to learn from every case. And then it, it, whatever anybody needs for help, that's what I'm going to be there to help. And then over time, I'm hoping that more and more members of the tribe join and put their input in as well. That's why we're doing this as a group. And it, it grows and evolves into a mastermind group where we all help each other. And then the health group will be the exact same thing. Okay. It's just health. Um, in, this, in the business group, it can be business in general. It can be your specific trucking operation. It can be finance, personal finance or business finance. Anything that you want to work on, if you're in the program, I will work on it with you directly. 
Sounds good. I may just do that. Thank I appreciate you. you, Kevin. Thank you. I will look forward to You're it. You're welcome. Let's, uh, I thought I had another thought there, um, but now I can't remember what it was. It'll come to me, maybe. Uh, my brain might be telling me it's time. We've got calls. As long as we've got calls, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push through and we're going to keep doing this. Let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, welcome. How's it going, Kev? Uh, I might not be able to get through this call, but um, the good old jab, my fiance, we came back from that floating Petri dish on the cruise and uh, wasn't didn't do good on the cruise when we felt sick and then came home that Saturday and then she didn't feel good Sunday. She spit up blood and then found out she has lung cancer. So, Oh, Terrence. That, I am. Yeah. It, oh, my God. And, I am so sorry. And he, and and the thing about it, too, is um, I, I'm in a bind because, you know, the house is in her name and we're not married. And then I put money into it. And now I, I got to buy the house. I mean, I, she, she's not going to be able to go back to work, it doesn't look like, and I'm going to have to buy the house. Um, so, Terrence, you know, if I can help, you, if I can help yeah. you at all, reach out to me. I will do anything I can to help you figure that part of it out. Oh. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't want to, I was wanted to call you last week, but I knew you had to, you know, the, the uh, we'll call the, anytime. The Nazi show. And I was supposed to go to Nashville. I was supposed to. I was supposed to go to Nashville too. We were supposed to go with our friends. They all went. We weren't for the show. We just, right, to, right. you know, a bunch of friends were going, and we had to call that off. But I just, I just, you know, I, it's the only thing I could think to do. And I got my financial guy. I got the money for my mom, and he said to pull that out and, and use that because you're investing it basically in, and in, and in, in, you know, back in the house. You know, it's going to be an asset. Well, and, less, and, so. and I absolutely agree and with him. And here's why. Interest rates are now over 8% on a mortgage, and the minute you invest your own money into a house, it's like earning a guaranteed 8%. Where the hell are we going to get that? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a great he's, idea. He's, he's a good guy. Yeah, so I, this is a lot to take on, and then I'm like, then I'm, now my other thing is like, if I want to do a 15 or a 30 year, and the 30 years are cheaper payment, it'd probably be better for me that way. Just to, you know, here, here's, I don't know, here's I don't what know I the recommend. Now, here, you know? some of these I can answer right. pretty easy. Do the 30 right now. Take the pressure off. Okay. Doing a I 15, the payment goes right. up even I, more. There's a lot of pressure there. The last yep. thing you need is pressure. By the time you're right. able to get through all of this that you're going to go through, and we can certainly pray for the best outcome here, but by the time the dust settles, yep. The odds are that we'll be back into lower mortgages, not higher mortgages. Right. And and when you're comfortable and it makes yep. sense, you could refinance to a 15 at probably a better rate. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what my guy said, too. And I, I was thinking the same and here, thing. And here's the other thing. Anytime you feel like it, you can kind of get the advantages of a 15 while you've got a 30. Just double up payments once in a while if you're comfortable enough yeah, to do yep. that. Uh, yep, that's what I did on the last house. Yep, yeah. absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking. Exactly. Exactly what I was thinking. All right, I just, like I said, that damn jab, man, it, it, it's it's bad. And it's pushing on a uh, the two, the, the thing that links the two lungs together. And <sighs> the mass is on that, pushing on that. And karate, it, it's, it doesn't look Terrence, you, she's got, she's, she did chemo already. She did chemo already. So wow. that's how, what was cool was kind of, kind of shitty to other people. But when we brought it to the hospital, 
I laugh because I need to. They, she got whisked right through the back door. Wow. <laughs> you wow. know, right into the room. Yeah. And then the, the sad thing about it is, is, you know, a coworker, I had to tell her, you know, one of the doctors had to Ugh. tell her what it was. Ugh. And, and you, I could see it in his eyes, too. It was just like. I can't imagine. You know, and then, but she's scared as hell. So, so am I. So. <sighs> Terrence, you well, have always, it, yeah, you you have always been a a great supporter of everything we do here. I'm sure the tribe is pulling for you. The tribe will pray for you. Anything that all that I can do personally, please reach out to me. Okay, what it just go through the tribe care? If yes. I that, would like that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, them? just okay. reach out through them, and I will get I back in touch with you. I appreciate that, Kevin. Thank you. You're that means a lot. You're welcome. Take care. All right. Thank you. Boy, that puts things in perspective. Nick in Georgia, welcome. Hello? Yes. What can I help you with? Hey, how you doing, Kevin? Good. Hey, um, kind of hard to follow that one, man. That got me all emotional. Yeah, it is. Um, I just wanted to thank you for all the free stuff that I've gotten from you over the years. Um, wait, wait. I started off in business. Wait. We, we've been giving away free stuff. Nobody told me about that. Yeah. Well, just over the air. Just listening to you. <laughs> okay. It, anyway, I went I went into business four years ago. I was kind of forced to go into business because I got in a wreck in a company truck, and I didn't have a forward-facing camera, and I wasn't at fault, but they said I was at fault. Anyway, uh. regardless of that, I ended up getting my own authority. It kind of worked out to my benefit, kind of got me out of my comfort zone. I went through Nastic to get my authority. And that's a superb program. The whole field, the whole, Ev the whole shebang, everything. Ev they helped me to go through everything. Everything they and, do uh, is top notch. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I can, I can call them right now and ask to talk to David and I can talk to David if I wanted to. It's, it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. He's, so, yeah. he's such a reachable person. He is. Yeah. And so, he doesn't have a cell phone. I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> he he so doesn't funny. have a cell phone or email. <laughs> I know. It's hilarious. Know. Yeah. So anyway, I bought a 97 Freightliner mid-roof. I was going to do containers. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I was going to do containers right when COVID started. Well, that kind of went to the shitter. Because the truck was spec for, just, I just was going to do local stuff because it had a M11 with a uh, 10 speed direct with 370 gears. So it wasn't definitely not an over the road truck. So I ended up turning it into an over the road truck. Um, I spent $7,000 on this truck. And in a course of a year, I ended up putting almost 30 grand into this truck, re pretty much re restoring it. It was like, it was immaculate when I done. And then my wife wanted to come on the road with me. So I went ahead and sold it and bought a uh, 16 Freightliner Columbia glider. Best investment I've ever made in my life. Excellent. Um, Good. So in a matter of, matter of two years, um, after buying that truck, I had like $3,000 in the bank. That's it. And I told my wife, I'm not going in debt no more. I'm nothing. If this doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I was scared shitless when I got my first load. I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> I really was. That's a big deal. So in a matter, in a matter of two years, 
putting thirty thousand dollars into that truck, I paid cash for this glider, and I got sixty thousand dollars. I had sixty thousand dollars in the bank, so and no debt, zero debt. So when all this low rates started, I I've had zero worries over the last year. You know, if the rates get too bad, I just stay home. Yeah, there you go. And I could afford to stay home. So excellent. So and it's. And with everything that Nastic and you've done, I, and Pittsburgh Power, it's amazing what they did with that little M11 up there, Pittsburgh Power. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Oh, good, oh my gosh. good, good. So, so anyway, that's all I got. I, well, thank you. That's all I need today. Great call. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Congratulations. Let's go to Massachusetts. Todd, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Hey, thanks uh, for the great shows here and all over the place. And uh, I, I want to start with uh, Terrence. You know, if if there is a silver lining there, we don't know about the, the vaccine. He, he, did he indicate that she was jabbed? She because, well, no, she absolutely is. He's talked about it several times because of being a nurse. She was basically okay. forced to. Oh, OK. Well, if there's a silver lining, here it is. Right. Well, I, I just thought of something else to the, the rice machine. If, if you could do something for him, those things are not that expensive. But but the other thing is the, the uh, potential silver lining is it's the lungs and cannabis is miraculous, you know, and it can it's be legal. Yeah. Definitely, definitely take advantage of that. And there's that Jimson oil, is it called? Rick's there's a lot of different Rick things. Rick oil. Yeah. Rick, that's what it is. Yeah. I couldn't remember. So, but I, I really want to stress the cannabis and that rice machine. Thank you. And um, anyway, so um, the, the keynote, now I'm, I'm a little behind. Um, I, I was out, well, I took a few days off last week. I think you did too. But I, this keynote, you, you went down there and you already gave it, right? Correct. I gave it last Thursday. So you're going to be giving it again? Is, is it a, in no, my, my yeah. So I, I, one of the reasons I don't have a good keynote speech ready is because I've never written one because I don't really like doing keynote speeches. They're they're hard. They're a lot of work. I, I'm more of a topic teacher. Give me a topic I can teach all day long up on stage. I, you know, I spend the week of the CMC, the last CMC, I spent 35 hours on stage. I'm comfortable on a stage. I've just never written yeah. a good keynote because I don't want to go do keynotes. But I, I decided so I, that that's going to change. And again, that's the one thing I still need to talk to Lisa about. She heard this for the first time, like everybody else. It's a big commitment to me. It means more traveling. Um, but I, I, I think I have to. I think that's now my calling. Those are my big goals. I have got to start... I, I love the impact I, I have on one person at a time. I need to start being more of a leader in this industry. We need it. And now's the time. I can't wait any longer. I see my best opportunity to do that by putting myself out into the industry as a keynote speaker. Having somebody out there promoting the fact that if you if you are in the trucking industry and you're having a meeting, I'm your guy. And I want to use that message to to reach those big goals that I have to cure, you know, a million truck drivers of diabetes to cure to get rid of five million prescriptions out of our industry to 
to create the best education program ever. I need help from big companies. I mean, I need help from our tribe to get in front of those big companies and have that credibility, but I need to get in front of them. It's going to take a lot of resources to reach these goals, and the way I plan on doing it is by becoming the the best keynote speaker in trucking so I get those invitations. So I, I think i got to expose some ignorance. I don't, maybe I don't understand what a keynote speech is. You can... Is it a little bit boilerplate? You can use it over and over? Larry, I I will tell you one of the best keynote speakers I've ever heard is Larry Winget. Larry Winget has spoken to 400 of the Fortune 500 companies. Almost every one of those 400 companies he's been in front of does something different. Larry can't possibly learn about all those industries and go teach anybody about them. So that's not what keynote speakers do. Keynote speakers are uh-huh. kind of the feel good. They're usually funny. They're motivational. They have a message, but the message is usually not specific to the group. It's a message that would 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 work with any group. And and here's how tight Larry Winget had his keynote speech. He does the same speech over and over and over and over for all 400 of those events down to the point Mm -hmm. where when he's on stage and he takes a drink of water, that is scripted. That drink was part of its timing. It was part of his presentation. He's worked on it for years. And the best keynote speakers have a really good keynote speech or maybe one or two, and they just do them over and over and over. And when you give it, you personally, because you're learning it, are you using a teleprompter? Are you reading it from the paper or you go uh, no, by points? I, I, so Larry can give his keynote with nothing. He, you could put him in a dark room and Larry will give his keynote. I will get there right. and it won't even take me that long. This time what I did was I wrote the keynote, I practiced it, I kind of knew I was going to change it on the fly so it wasn't going to be memorized. What I used for this event is what's called a confidence monitor. I'm standing up on stage between me and the front row is a big TV screen sitting down on the floor facing me that the audience can't see. And I have a remote in okay. my hand and I can just click through my notes. So I, what I did was uh, I just okay. created an outline. So it, it kept me on track. Once I saw a note, I know what story I'm going to tell. I know what point I'm trying to make. Right. If I don't memorize it, though, I'll wander off and get lost and then I won't come back and then it doesn't make sense. So this time I did use a confidence monitor just so I stayed on track. The next time I give this keynote, oh. there will be no confidence monitor. I'll just know it. Okay. I mean, I mean, even the president in his breast pocket, he has, I don't mean, you know, Biden, I mean, a real president, but they have in their breast pocket, they have you they're, know, some notes. I mean, they're, they're not, key, I, they're I, not I keynote wondering. speakers. Uh, okay. So this is, this is like top shelf speaker. See, I don't understand the, the whole concept of keynote. So, so you're talking about blue 
chip speakers that just know their stuff and they don't need that crunch. Let me tell you what else was pretty cool about being the keynote speaker at Nastic. I joined a list. They, They have had incredible keynote speakers over the years. They have had three presidential candidates as keynote speakers. Okay. Now, when 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 a president leaves office and they still go out and speak, and most of them always do, I mean that they're they're they would be brought in as the keynote speaker. It's not unusual for you know to get a hundred thousand dollars for thirty minutes. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. I just I guess I was completely uh, ignorant of what a keynote. That that's an entire industry. Yeah. That that's an entire industry. That's usually how you, uh, you uh, make it, and, and Larry Wingett is there, that's usually how you make it to the uh, Speaker's Hall of Fame, is, is because you're a, a top-notch there keynote. There is one, yeah, Larry Wingett's been inducted. Uh, it's because he's a top-notch keynote speaker. He doesn't, have, he doesn't teach a topic. He, he doesn't work in one industry. He will go speak to any group that hires him because his message will work in front of anybody. Mine will be slightly more specific than that because I probably will not give this keynote outside of the trucking industry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you already saw what I posted on the tribe. I mean, I, I really am. It's a lifelong passion of mine. And I, and I used to make a very little bit of money writing for local papers, but it's a passion. And if, if you can post it on the tribe or, email it to me or something. I, I'll have to print it out, but I, I will go through it and, you know, uh, nothing, nothing. I'll be able to make some kind of positive well, changes or creative suggestions or, and, um, so I'm, I'm all in. So if that's possible. All right. I will, uh, I will certainly work on that and, uh, thank you for that offer. I appreciate okay. it. And that, that's what I'm asking for. I'm asking for help. It's not easy for me, but, uh, I need to get better at it. I thought I had another thought, but I lost that too. Um, I should probably just stick with the calls now. Let's go to Nebraska. Carl, welcome. Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. How you doing? Doing good. What can I help you with today? So I've been listening to your show now for around about six months. Just kind of like sandbagging, take up information. I'm I'm not a freight hauler at all. I'm a bed bugger. I've been hauling household goods for 22 years, but I love to listen because the main points you make transcend to the household goods industry. Yes. I love the keynote speech, by the way. Thank you. I love speeches that are compelling and speeches I can listen to and I can take stuff out of myself. The attitude of gratitude, absolutely huge. Remembering that it's not about you, it's about others. And that's the, the... Part of your speech kind of resonated with me that even though I'm in a different industry, you're speaking my language. That's what I want to kind of give you that feedback. You know, you're kind of, it sounds like you're kind of nervous about your keynote speech, how oh, it's yeah. going to go down, how it's going to be received. <laughs> yeah, it was. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, and then it, I love the you know, at I, the end as well. Part of the struggle with this is, is if I'm going to do something, it's just my nature. I, I just want to be as good as I can possibly be at that. And I, I've never taken the time to write and practice and work on a really good keynote speech. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of practice. And I avoided it. And I, I would get these invitations. And, and then I would go there and I would do a speech and everybody say it was great. And, it, and I knew in my heart it wasn't. It was okay. It was nowhere near right. as good as I right. could do. And even this one, I, I, I 
I didn't do all the work I should have done ahead of time, and I was nervous. I wasn't prepared, and that's why I was nervous, and I'm, I'm going to fix that. Well, absolutely. Kudos to you. And even though I'm not a freight hauler, I did want to make um, <clears throat> one comment. That I'm definitely going to go on to the tribe. I'm going to pay my money so I can help support you as you go forward in your endeavors. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. That's all I got. I got to get back on the road. So great talking to you, Kevin, and hopefully I'll get a chance to call him again. Get to it. And I would love to have you call back. Become a regular. Um, real quick, um, I told you I wasn't prepared for the, the final part of it, the, the sale and the close. Um, I don't even know if I told anybody how to do this. So let me uh, try to run you through this. Look, we, we will make this as easy as possible. Um, there's still some tweaking we can do, but it's not difficult. You're, you're going to go to letstrucktribe.com. Letstrucktribe.com. When you get there, if you have an account, you're already paying the $3 a month. It will just log you in. If for some reason it doesn't, just, just call our Tribe Care team. We will help you. So you sign up for the $3 a month program first, and then you choose to add on the courses or the coaching or both. Uh, and you will do that right there on the Let's Truck Tribe website, letstrucktribe.com. Sign up once you have your $3 account, then you will choose to add. And I'm, I'm asking again, I don't want to have to do a lot of this. I'd love to get a lot of this tackled up front, get some revenue coming in so I can start working on these big goals. Um, I'm asking for the business. I, I need your support. Let's truck tribe.com sign up. And then if you can't find the way to add the courses should be right over on the left-hand menu. Um, the courses and the coaching call us. We'll make sure you get this done. We do need your help. We want to make that as easy as possible. Let's go to, uh, this is my last call on the board. If I finish this call and there is nobody else, I am going to end today. If you want to jump in and join us, please do. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Wade, welcome. Hey, Kevin. <clears throat> a little bit of a heavy day here. Uh, I I know the first person you thought of when Terrence let that cat out of the bag. I know the first first person I thought of too. It's yeah. It always puts a lump in your throat when something's going on like that. You get immediately immediately put the people you love the most in that position, and you think about what would what would you feel I, like I if it was you? Can't imagine. I know. It's, it's terrible. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, he, he could be going through a lot. He might not have even thought of this. I'm hoping maybe he did, but he, he might be able to alleviate some of the financial concerns around the house. He mentioned they're engaged. So, I mean, getting oh, married yeah. would. Yeah, it's certainly it, something to explore. Issues around the house. Yeah, certainly I mean, something might, to you know, explore. Uh, take, get more comfort battling this knowing that she's got a man standing beside her right, and is, you know, let's do this. Yeah. And um, the legal stuff is taken the, care you know, of and every, out of the way. Everything I, I, yeah. That, yeah. 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 With, with no, nothing, you know, no, no mortgage worries, no nothing. I mean, when you get married, you assume their mortgage, no matter if you have right. the worst credit in the world, the bank has to honor it. Right. I, and I will explore so that with them. Uh, so thank it, you for it, that it would idea. Take one, yeah. That would take something, some of the worry off is, 
off of his mind. That, that, um, that, that, yeah, but really, what really I love sorry about to hear what he's going through. That, that's awful. Yeah. Um, we have we have a fleet of fleet of seventy five drivers, and I think we have five drivers right now that have wives that are battling breast cancer. Something's wrong. Just, Some, it, something's it, just wrong. Something is wrong. That's this is all popping up really quick, and there's something definitely going on, but he's willing to let the information out, but you know, it's always some, it's the first thing that comes into your head. Now, as soon as he, somebody says cancer, I always just want to ask him. I you know. I know. You get it? Um, my wife is a nurse and I told her, I said, as long as you stand next to me and you support my decision, I support you. I said, I don't want you to do anything you don't have to do. And she gave up a $70,000 a year job because of it. That- Luckily I work for a good company. Yeah, that is just so make wrong. Make me make that decision, but I told her. We, we, I said I've been with this uh, company for fifteen years, and I'm leaving. I don't care. I'm leaving if they make us get it. If they if they comply with this OSHA mandate they were trying to push through, I'm gone. Yeah, and I said that's all I ask from you. I said I want your support, and I back you up on anything you do, whether you want to get it or not. Luckily, yeah. you know, we both made it through without having to get it. She's back in the into nursing now. Things have alleviated and she, she ended up with two better jobs as a result of it. So that's never fear taking a stand and having integrity. That's the way I looked at it. I'm having integrity means that nobody can, you're, you're a whole person. I agree. There's not, you can't pick and choose what parts of somebody you, you know, somebody wants from you. Yes. This is me. And you get me or you get none of me. Yes, I agree. Congratulations. So anyway, I just, I just, I just wanted to help Terrence out with that. I'm really sorry. Sorry, Terrence, for what you're going through. And we're, we're certainly thinking of you. Yes. Thank you for that. Take care. That's all I got. Take care. Great talking to you. All right. Um, I've got another call in the queue. Uh, I will grab that one here while we're uh, while we're doing that. I have pages and pages and pages of notes that I uh, I never got to. There was a lot more um, I wanted to say, but I also uh, knew I needed to kind of tighten that up. Um, I will go through this. Find out. Oh boy, am I? Uh... No, okay, we're still good. Um, I'll go through this. I, I probably have another entire show here with thoughts. Like I said, I was up till about three or four this morning. I did an awful lot of writing. Just didn't have time to get it all, all worked in um, in a way that made sense. So I will go back to that when I get a chance. Let's go to North Dakota. Chris, welcome. Yeah, hello, Kevin. How are you today? Good. What can I help you with? Uh, just a quick question. I've been following your uh, your carnivore advice for quite a while. I've got a few friends uh, that kind of started doing the same thing. They're seeing really good results. I had one call me this weekend, and uh, he asked me a question. I had no idea what the answer was. He went into his eye doctor and uh, just to do an exam, and his eye doctor told him that he could see cholesterol in his eye and that he should go in and get it checked out. And so my friend called me and asked me if I knew anything about it, because I know that sometimes uh, we run higher cholesterol eating carnivore, and I'm of the same belief you are, just don't worry about it. But he had an optometrist tell him that he could see cholesterol in his eyeball. Do you have any thoughts on that? First, I'll just 
be completely transparent. I have no idea how they see cholesterol or what that's all about, so I can't even comment on that part of it. But I will give the same answer about cholesterol I always give. Every doctor has been trained wrong, brainwashed by Big Pharma. My Now, here's, here's the thing. If he is eating the standard American diet, he does have... Uh, Bad cholesterol. His cholesterol is probably a mess. Just about yeah, everybody no, that, that does what they say to do ends he, up with bad cholesterol. Um, if yeah, he's, and he's been carnivore for oh, about four months now. Okay, well, which is still fairly new into this. I would tell him, honestly, my advice, what would I do if I were in this situation? Um, I, I tell my ophthalmologist, whatever the doctor is, that uh, thanks for the info. I'll, I'll take it under consideration. And I would not change or do anything. Would you actually Wait, go well, get let me, let me, out by let, a doctor? Or would well, you? well, here's here. Like I said, I don't know what he means. He sees cholesterol in the eye. I don't even know what that means. So I can't really address that. But here's what I will tell yeah. you. Every single cell in our body has cholesterol. Every cell, no matter where it is in our body, it has cholesterol. That's what we build cells out of. That's why it makes no sense to have lower cholesterol. Right. So, well, I, I guess you can see cholesterol in there. I don't know how. I don't know what he's talking about. But I, I, here's the thing. I've studied cholesterol for almost 10 years now. I believe I know cholesterol. I, I've never heard of this. So how, how important could it be? If this was some important thing that we should have our eyes checked to see if there's cholesterol in there, I would have read that somewhere. I've never even seen that once. Okay, well, all right. Well, it, that's kind of what my thoughts were, too. And what I told him is, okay, so go in and get checked by a doctor just to give you peace of mind, but they've only got their two tools. You're not going to let them cut your eye out. Are you going to go on medication? to get the number to where they want the number to be anyways. And my answer was no, so I wouldn't even go in. But I wanted to make sure that there wasn't some something that I didn't understand about it or didn't know about it that you'd run across. No, I actually think your advice was perfect. That's, that's pretty much what I would have said, too. Okay. All right. Well, thank you much, and uh, good luck in your uh, your new endeavor. Uh, there's a whole bunch of us out here that will be supporting you 100 percent because uh, I've I've drank the Kool Aid all the way, and I can tell you now that my uh, the way I feel and my outlook on everything is better than it's been in 39 years, and you are a major part of that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you for the call All as right, well. well. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. We will uh, talk to you soon. It looks like I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I may sleep the rest of the day. I don't know. I have a lot to think about. Um, and right now may not be the best time to think about it. I'm not sure how well my brain's functioning. Um, I do want to thank everybody. There'll be a lot more coming. Um, I'll take one more chance to ask for your support. If you trust me with your support and your financial support, I promise we will do everything we can to use it well, to use it to make this industry a better place and to give back. So, and, and 
Here, here's the other thing. I, I want to be clear about this. I am not asking anybody for a donation. I don't want donations. There's not going to be a GoFundMe that this, this I want to fund this, these big goals the way a true capitalist would. I'll bring you value. You pay us for that value. I will work to bring you five to 10 times more value than what you pay for. And then we'll take that profit. We're not asking for donations. It, this is what I really believe is a true win, win, win. You win, you're going to get value for every single dollar you spend with us. And I promise I will make sure you get more value than what you spend. How can you go wrong with that? But some of you might be saying, well, I don't need any of that stuff. That's where I'm asking you to just help then. But I, I'm still going to give you the value. And then the industry wins when we do this together. So with that, it's the only thought left in my mind at the moment. Um, I will see you back here tomorrow. Thank you. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.